Hey, everybody, this episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in Hollywood, California. Guys, you have heard me talking about it for many, many, many episodes. And quite frankly, since they are the only place kind enough to actually sponsor the podcast, I urge you to support the show by supporting them. And that means having a fun evening in Hollywood, California at the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. It's at Hollywood and Highland. You guys know it as the Crossroads of Entertainment because you listen to this show and that's a phrase I made up and would like to copyright, but I'm too lazy to do so. So someone have fun and go ahead and do that. But I'm telling you guys, you're going to see so many oddities, so many things that you're like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Wait, should I even believe that? Or not. I don't even know. So that's the kind of fun you're going to have. They have exhibits ranging from, you know, the occasional fertility statue to Luke Skywalker's lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back. These are the kinds of objects that seem incongruent but are slammed together in this wonderful auditorium, guys. And if you want to get in there, buy one, get one free after 5.30 p.m. All you have to do is mention this podcast, and you'll get two people in for $20. What a bargain. It is less than a movie ticket across the street. Actually, if you go physically across the street, you'll see a wax museum, and they do not show movies. So what I'm saying is just go to the museum. There's also a McDonald's that's open pretty late next door. So if you're hungry after you get out of there, do it. Anyway, go to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium. Andy thinks I'm crazy. Just waiting for this to be over. <laughs> it's <laughs> not the, over. The until... most impressive ad. There he is. Corey Dacey over there at the, uh, the, the, the Ripley's Museum is really getting his money's worth oh. just because the Red Sox happen to have just won. <laughs> oh, look. Uh, I, I still can't believe it. Or not. Or do. What? The yeah, point is, go buy one, get one after 5.30 p.m., $20. Mention the podcast and have a night of entertainment. This was a two-minute and nine-second ad. Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. It's Star Trek The Next Conversation, your favorite Star Trek podcast from all the Star Trek podcasts. We're the best, according to me. Andy. Yes. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for being here. I hear you do a podcast called Star Trek The Next Conversation. I do. I'd like to to plug it here. uh, I feel like uh, I have a big crossover audience. What do you guys do over there? uh, Well, one of us uh, is uh, very familiar with Star Trek Uh The Next Generation. Uh The other one. uh, No, I'm I'm the other guy. I've seen a lot of uh, TOS, but really not. That's weird, because I've seen you around, and you seem like a guy who would like Star Trek. 
Yeah, well, I think that's a little bit of the angle of the show. Is I'm a geek who never yeah. got into Next Generation. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, but yeah. are you getting into it now? How far along are you? We're uh, almost uh, four. We're with sort of beginning of the fourth season. So. Wow. Yeah. 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 It gets so, good then, right? That's when everyone says. Isn't that when the the Bjork? The Bjork. Isn't that when Bjork made her appearance? <laughs> that's right. That's when the Bjork. <laughs> yeah. Arrived. And they try to assimilate uh, yeah. Captain Kirk into we Iceland. We are the Bjork. Yeah. I'm we are the Bjork. To, we, we assimilate you. Yeah. I am Locutus. All you guys need. More like Locutus, right? That's it's totally Bjork. totally true, man. Fuck me. There's a um, Secundus of Borg Twitter feed now, by the way. I can't wait to <laughs> give that a follow. What is that? Is that at Secundus of Borg? I, oh, I'm such a terrible person. It Does must be, user, right? User generate a look. Let me look here's what up. I'm going to say. Just go on Twitter. Search yeah. Secundus of Borg. I feel like they need a new Secundus I, of Borg uh, image, though. That one is is from the Facebook, and it's and it's excellent, but it's not the right uh, dimension. So like, uh, there should be some more fan art out there. I'm encouraging well, everyone. You know, that <laughs> sounds like you it. guys have a really great thing going over there. Where can they find the podcast, Andy? Uh, the the podcast? Yeah, this podcast you're plugging on this show. Oh, you can add iTunes uh-huh. and uh, all your all your finest, uh, you know. Uh, like say I were to like go look at like a Stitcher, would I find it there? No, no, I guess you wouldn't, would you? I think you would. Oh, would you? I, I think they know. have the feed. <laughs> I don't know anything. It's your podcast, though, so whatever. Sure. Uh, I don't do a lot of tech stuff on it. Uh, there's sure. another. The other guy does that. Oh, that other guy. How is he? Eh, he's a little bit uh, ornery a lot. Eh, sometimes he's grumpy, but you know, usually it's late. <laughs> how would you know? Uh, I've uh, gotta go. Um, uh, anyway, I'm Matt. That's Andy. This is Star Trek: The Next Conversation. That was a two and a half minute Andy plugging his own show on his own show. Let's see if we get any new listeners. I hope we get at least none. <laughs> what do you mean? What, Andy? How can no, we have a new listener from that ad? It's on the show that they're already listening to. It's at of Secundus with a, a U.S. at the end. At <laughs> of Secundus. And by the way, I've exchanged direct uh, messages with him. And he refuses to reveal his actual identity. He just says that he's Secundus of Borg. Look, I, I think that Secundus of Borg is probably the... So he's committed. Look, if, if there was a single-minded uh, race that was hell-bent on one thing, and it was led by Andy Secunda, they would be in a lot of trouble. I don't dispute any of that. Because sometimes it's like, Andy really wants food. And then it's like, eh, Andy really wants ladies. And then it's like, Andy really wants fast cars. <laughs> By the way, a cube ship that's going to a Lexus dealership would be very funny. It would be funny. <laughs> I would love to drive a cube. <laughs> I like when he's standing on the bridge of the, 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 the Borg cube. I don't know that it has a bridge, right? Destroy. Doesn't it just well, sort of like have the, like a... Where's the cube just standing when he's like looking at the screen? Oh, in the, in the photo booth. Yeah. Uh, that's their, that's their photo, photo booth, booth yeah. for like during parties. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's he, the middle of a party. He gets in there, and uh, you know that's where also they have a camera guy. Yeah, who uh, selects the angles below. Sure. There. Yeah. Oh, they oh they have a technical director too. Huh? Yeah, that's camera yeah. of Borg. We are taking take one. We are taking take camera two. of Borg. <laughs> camera one. Camera two. Camera two of one. Anyway, thanks for the Borg bits, everybody. You can turn off the podcast now. <laughs> Unless, of course, you have slogged through the episode Remember Me, which, quite frankly, I look forward to remembering. I thought 
you had implied to me that this was a promising episode last week. No, I think, honestly, go back and listen. You just said you were interested to see my reaction. Yes, because it's bananas. Oh, gotcha. Oh, well, that's comforting, because a lot of this I was watching and just going, what the hell is going on? It's crazy, right? And then, like, the, the, the just the fact that, like, you're not, which I like in storytelling, which we'll get into, I like the idea that you're actually not let into the other side of the story until midway through the fourth act. I enjoy that, too. Yeah, I liked that part. But anyway, we're going to talk so much more about that. But, Andy, I believe we have a little business to attend to before we can even say those words. Thanks for listening to the Saucer Section podcast. Just kidding. Actually, I could do it. We're recording early enough in the week. <laughs> it would just drive insane. people nuts. I'm not, uh, I'm not in charge I'd of like, a lot of decisions I'd like on to this thank, podcast. I'd like so. to thank, by the way, I'd like to thank the one-third of our listeners who downloaded that episode. We should... Um, <laughs> Is that One really true? Third. Oh, that's fascinating. I agree. By the way, which what does that tell you? Two things. It tells me. Yeah. Two thirds of the audience does not care about this part. But how did they know unless they read the thing? So many people were confused. So doesn't that standard? Doesn't it mean we say it on the, the? We say it on the on the first half of the next episode. But they would have already. Oh, interesting, right? Wait, so they just downloaded the next episode and then they were like, I'm not going back for the other part. Oh, I think so, yeah. And they just bypassed the first part? Completely. And went to the part that people want. See, that's the thing. That's the thing I've been trying to tell Andy that he refuses to believe. Here we go. Is that you guys out there, you don't want this. (laughs) You don't want the the podcast or the part right now that we're having? There's a third of you. Yeah, yeah, they want the podcast, but there's a third of you out there. Well, you know. Who, uh, I have to say. But the interesting thing is. Are great fans. And we love the third of you who bothered to download the separated saucer. Less than a third, if that's the case. Oh, a third, I see. Yeah. Um, The rest of you have probably skipped this part because I wrote down what time we actually start your podcast. I would love to know, except that I'm pretty sure the only people that, that answer our polls are the third. Oh, a, a thousand percent. And these are the people we should keep happy, right? Sure. So, Because they're the, they're the diehards. They're the people that actually like this. Right. Part. So who are the... This part. Are, who are, in, on, in, in enterprise terms... In enterprise terms, yes, listening. Who are the one third? And who are the... Are the, the rest the civilians on the enterprise? Oh, I don't think there are that many civilians and on the one the enterprise, third is do you? The, is the Starfleet? You're trying to break this into like what happens at an actual saucer separation? What Maybe. is your brain? Well, I guess saying? the saucer separation would be all the civilians, wouldn't it? So it I mean, I'll really look add up. Yeah, look at that, Andy, right there. I don't see it. That's it's our too far away, that's man. our weakened weakened part. See, these people downloaded that, and only this many people downloaded that. That's more like half. It is more like half. But like, look at a regular episode. Uh huh. So you're saying that the splitting it. Yeah. Hurts the numbers overall. No, because it's the same number of downloads for the week, right? Oh, so it helped the. It's we're about. Uh, it would have, yeah. It would over time. It would make our numbers much bigger, and it would inflate them, and then people would come advertise that weren't uh, trying to get two people into a museum after five thirty p.m. You know what's ironic is um, this is the kind of conversation that everybody was angry that we uh, we removed last last time. <laughs> Well, there you have it, everybody. That's This is all uh, I'm saying. Anyway, the point is, it's time for us to head over to the Admirals Club. Okay. Because you wanted to hear it, so now you get to hear all of this part as one giant right. three-hour right. megapod. You, you got your Red Sox win. Just, three just hour relax. Three-hour megapod. <laughs> 
It's not even a megapod for us, really. No, it's a basic pod. Oh, uh, why? It's plugged in. Oh, the other side's not plugged in. No, it is. It is. It is. So what happened? It's just not registering as being plugged in. This was not Andy's fault. He has everything set up correctly. There you go, guys. Just a little delay in the system. We'll return to Starbase 133 in a minute and get that all checked out. I probably need a new computer, too, honestly, guys. Not I just remember. a charge. Andy, don't you remember our other podcast hosts? Well, I know. There were other podcast hosts here. There you- was a Matt Gorley and a Jonah Ray. <laughs> Where <laughs> are they? Matt, no, I don't think this is a warp bubble. I think you just are remembering your hundreds of other podcasts. <laughs> Where's Kevin Smith? <laughs> no, that's... Uh... Scott Mosher? <laughs> no. Dory? She's in the other room. You oh, can talk to her. Thank God. One of them's still here. <gasps> She's gone! No, no. <laughs> she went to bed. All right. Continue. That was a little fun. That was a sketch we like to call What If Remember Me Was a Podcast. All right, we're in the Admirals Club. Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, I don't know how many times I have to tell you, but they're pretty much saying the song. You go to iTunes, you leave a five-star review. asking the question he demands I ask. Do you not understand that this is our bit? All right. (laughs) He gets a note. Guys, I hope some of you, I'm going to guess one third of you understand that this is the bit where Andy asks that question. I then point out that it's in the song. I feel like it became every a bit. Single I feel like week. it was legitimate. legitimate nah, well, maybe at first some it might have been. But when you forgot. But now it's like now I there. Think it's a bit. I agree with that. Long story short, Andy, all they have to do is leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And they'd be welcome into the Admirals Club with open arms. And if you've left a five-star review and you, your review hasn't been read out loud on the podcast, guess what? You're still in here. You sure are. And here's one from Mike Isham, who says, an ongoing mission to nitpick Trek. Mm-hmm. I've been a TNG fan my entire life. This show has made me appreciate it even more. Matt's near encyclopedic knowledge and passion combined with Andy's delight in discovering that the show does in fact get better with the <laughs> uniform change. Gives me something to look forward to every Monday. Live long and prosper, gentlemen. Oh, sir, if you're in the Admirals Club, I should hope you listened to the Saucer Section podcast. If you're like, why didn't they do hails on that Brothers episode? Guess what we did? I just cut it in half. and Hey, get our numbers up on that Saucer Section. It was really a mistake, and I apologize to everybody. I'll admit when I'm wrong. Should we put them back together? I could do that. Do That'd re- be weird. What do you call it when you put this? When you atta- reattach? Yeah, I'll just have to check the umbilicals, make sure it's ready. So I say reattach saucer section, rejoin. Prepare for saucer rejuvenation. And then you they get don't to, say that ever. You, you can watch a fifteen-minute sequence of Riker. docking. I guess what they call it a docking, docking sequence. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um, Matt, I'm trying to save on time if, oh, with futility. So you. let's just go to the United thank Federation. You. Saving on time is futile. Yes. On this podcast. We oh, wait. Go. You said we're going somewhere? I'm going to the president, sir. I don't know if I can get us there. I somehow have <laughs> scrolled past all the door sounds. Anyway, here it is. We're going right past it, Andy. We're going right in a straight line to the correct door. Here we go. Very good. If you would like your name to be Hi shouted out. Hi, Enjoying everyone. yourselves? Yes, good to see you. Uh-huh, in, uh-huh. in the president's circle, um, then uh, just uh, shoot on over to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and join our president circle tier. 
Have you ever wondered what Andy and I would be like watching an entire Marvel movie? Guess what? You can find out by joining the President's Circle next week. Not next week. This month. We're going to watch uh, the Edward Norton Hulk movie, Andy. The uh, Iron a, Man. Do a podcast First about Iron it. Man is there, uh, Iron Man month. is available. If you're like, I missed Iron Man. Guess what? You can sign up and get a hold of Iron Man. But I got news for you, buddy. You are our arc reactor, and you keep us going. What's the news, pal? Even though... That is really the only route to get in. There was another PayPal <laughs> that popped up by the uh, way, from July. It's never ending. Yes. I'm going to believe this mm-hmm. for seven more months. And then I'll think you're fucking with me. Uh, it seems like it would be fucking with you. I will say uh, this guy, uh, Kenneth Campbell, who sent us a dollar to get in before the uh, deadline was over for PayPal, uh, said, you know, I was going to let it go, but Matt was so mad last time that I thought it would be funny if I uh, if I nudged you and said, hey, you forgot my thing. And he says, getting in under the wire to the president's circle, haven't decided which Patreon level I'm going to go with. Uh, I think, ironically, he went with Lieutenant. Uh, but uh, wanted to at least claim OG status. Been listening since episode one and loving it. I got rid of Facebook a month or so ago. And honestly, the only thing I really miss is face group. Which is look, uh, I get it. If you want to, for your own mental health, you want to stay off the Facebook, do it. Just know there's a bright spot out there on the internet, and it's our face group. And here are two, and that was from Kenneth Campbell. And here are two President Circle, Christopher Pike, yes, Medal of Valor. That's right. For this month, <laughs> um, one is Christopher. You sound like bad ADR. That's right. For this month. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Be back. Back with the dogs. Um, <laughs> Andy's quoting doing a lot Dr. Of, no. I got... Did we'll I be, talk about... We'll be back with the dogs. We'll be back with the dogs. I, I, I watched Casino... Oh, I already talked about this. You talked I? about it to me... Did I talk about you it You did a little bit last week, but you since uh, apparently have watched Dr. No. Uh, no, I didn't, but I did watch Quantum of Solace. I started with Casino Royale, and then you said uh, all, a lot of the answers to Mike because I was pestering him yeah. with questions. yeah. And a lot of the answers were in, were in Quantum of Solace. And I watched that. And I got to tell you, I wasn't really that much of a fan of either of them. Now right. I love them. Together as a whole, right? Yeah. Like Quantum oh, is of that Solace. an argument you guys said? We always say that Quantum of Solace, uh, it, your like of Quantum of Solace, if you're grading on a scale of 1 to 10, yeah. your like of Quantum of Solace will go up at least 4. Oh, without points. question. If you watch it. Very soon after Casino Royale, I, I honestly, it's two halves of a whole. But also, I concerned. think I just was <laughs> welcome to your James Bonding bonus podcast. Where's Matt? <laughs> Matt Gorley used to be. <laughs> um, here. I also texted. This is the this is the advantage of being in this world. I texted Matt, and when Matt clearly was getting fed up with my questions, I went to Gorley, and I and then when I sensed that I had, I had run my limit on him, I had to stop, and I had to go and watch Quantum of Solace. However, the case. Wait, did you just try to get answers out of both of us without? having to watch the movie no and i think i just watched like read a synopsis online and i think i i asked you my questions and then you basically eventually pointed me toward quantum solace watch quantum solace still had some questions and i was like i think i've run over my limit with matt so then i went to gorley did you you should just listen to our episode of quantum solace yeah that is the kind of thing would have answered probably every question you had that and I, probably that had some really good, funny person who has a podcast should do. Anyway. And you know what? I think I am going to go back. Whatever the case, I, I really enjoyed those films, and I think I was prejudiced 
sure you must talk about this for some version of this because oh, I was right. like, you hate women. This is what? <laughs> well, that's what you were gonna say, right? Because you don't no. like that she's a heroine and sort of takes care of herself in Quantum of Solace. Andy's. Oh what you were no! Say? Oh, that is so. Uh, oh, this is <laughs> this is a this is a travesty of justice. This. <laughs> That was exactly what I like about that character. Uh, she's great. I also like we as we as we said on the podcast. We really like that they don't uh, have any romantic uh, entanglements. He kisses her at the end. A goodbye kiss. A friendly uh, goodbye kiss. Maybe. Uh, apparently, you don't know they how don't James treat, Bond regularly kisses. They don't treat kisses. Gemma Ar- or whatever her name is. Who's Strawberry butt. Fields? Strawberry Fields. Oh, she doesn't say strawberry. I see. Yeah. Just says I'm Mrs. Fields. Yeah, we go That's into that in touch. depth. Check out James Bonding, the podcast available on iTunes. Go ahead and leave a five star review over there and be welcomed into your double O status. That's right. If you leave a five star review for the James Bonding podcast, Mag Gorley and I will welcome you into MI6 with open arms. Was that something you guys always had? No, I'm making that up right now. That's a great idea. <laughs> Um. Oh, all right. Jesus Christ. We're not even. We're not even halfway through the president circle. Well, look. I. I, I think that the hat. The the one third of people that really like this part <laughs> are going to enjoy it this week when this part is longer than the actual episode discussion. <laughs> you guys aren't even in the middle of the saucer section at this point. Um. I guess that's what it is. You're kind of walking through the saucer section in this portion. Yeah. Of the you're podcast. trying to go in as straight a line as you can, and there's not a lot of ways in. So, guys, you're here whether you want it, whether we're separating it or not. Anyway, Christopher Colbert says, and this is really directed at you, Matt, because you were in charge of the Patreon list. Dear Matt and Andy. Did I, think, I fuck Colbert up? Well, well I read him this, this week. We read him. No, I understand. This is the problem. I think we need some clarification on the President's Circle name readings at the end of the podcast, especially since now it's come up on the face group and it was pointed out that my name, among others, has been, have been read multiple times. I recall, recall Matt saying something at the beginning of this Patreon thing about reading through every, uh, everyone every month. And if that's the case, guys, you need to make it clear for the masses. I think we have made that clear. Yeah, the plan is to read yeah, through every one every month. And I believe what happened last last month we read. Uh, was that I had printed out a large spreadsheet and we had accidentally read a page twice. So the so the, here's the thing to look for, and don't you know what I what I I don't mind reading people's names twice, right? But what I do mind is leaving someone out, and that's the thing. If you feel like the whole month from the from the first to the first has passed, and you you haven't heard your name, that's when that's it's when time you need to, to contact. Know. That's when you need to open hailing frequencies over here. Yeah, and then we're gonna pop in there, take a gander, fire our chief engineer. Replace him one. with, uh, you know, Jordy. Yeah, that'd be great. And then... Uh, hey, would LeVar be our... Be no. Our chief I can <laughs> honestly say that he probably would not be. On a separate note, if you're going to say my name so much, get it right. It's pronounced, and then he just spells it the same way. Colbert, not Colbert. Or Colbert, not Colbert. Love the show. Don't ever stop until one, of you, one or both of you is dead or assimilated. Uh, and then Hoot and Waddle... <laughs> Hoot and Waddle it's says, a uh, and I thought you'd be into this this particular question that is posed. Yeah, let's say we count Captain Archer as the fifth Beatle to knock him out of play. Equate Kirk, Picard, Cisco, and Janeway with the Fab Four. Who's John, Paul, George, or Ringo? Because why not from Jared, the guy who freaked Matt out so much with how similar we are in Excellent Adventure that That's he used true. a time cop reference. I did use a time cop reference. This guy does podcasts. Uh, uh, as many as me, it seems. Uh, well, a lot of, a lot a lot of, of similarities. Um, 
look, uh, that's hard to say because you, you have to think who's the driving force and keeps the... The problem is they've never interacted. And, and, and with the Beatles, you need to have their interaction. You need to see their dynamics. Yes, but just solely establishing their solo careers only, right? Uh-huh. Where you have someone who weirdly had the most number ones of everyone is Ringo. Uh-huh. Uh, most successful solo career, apparently. Uh Look, I think I, I'm going to be. This is this is slanted from my perspective because I don't Cisco know Cisco is a little that dark. well. His Cisco is a little dark. I think he's John. I think uh, the most zen of all of them is Cisco is, is John. Yeah, and I think uh, that the most zen of all of them is Picard. He's George, and that would mean that Janeway is Paul. Always looking to keep everybody happy. We got to keep the band together, hey. Even though the Marquis, they can still play with us. Here's what that's, I would say. That's the Paul. And then you have uh, you have good old uh, Ringo, James Tiberius Kirk. I had a feeling you would put Kirk and Ringo. I didn't Here's mean to. It's just how the other three fell out. Well, this is how, where I fall down, and I accept that I am not familiar with I'm Cisco. I'm Andy. I don't know the captains that well. Now I'm going to try to do the thing Matt just did, because he knows both subjects incredibly well. All right. You know what? Go ahead, Andy. Let's hey, hear your no. amazing theory. Hey. Let's hear hey, let's it. Let's see how people let's feel. Let's hear it. By the way, not hearing Sakuna's take way, on this. Let's see if they're happy with that. By the way, Why is don't we Archer just forget it? is Archer Pete Best? Is Archer Stu Sutcliffe? Archer was removed by the question as asker. the fifth Beatle. Who best. does he interpret as the fifth Beatle? I think of Stu Sutcliffe. Stu Sutcliffe. I don't know. I don't know. When did Archer die? <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> Does Archer Archer dies at some point? So it's, it depends on if, well, if Stu Sutcliffe, Sutcliffe died, died. He died early, 1958. So, so nine. <laughs> Did they die the same year? Was Six, Captain three? Archer leaping? <laughs> anyway, Wait, are you saying that someone is quantum leaping into the Beatles? Possibly. I'd watch that episode. Oh my Did god! Did they ever do that? They should have done that. How would they do that? Was it that, would be amazing if was they he alive when with the Beatles. He was alive, right? Who? Scott Bakula? Yeah, he was totally alive. No, because it's like sort of near future, right? So, well, no, yeah, he's in, in the fifties, right? Yeah, yeah, he like pops into the fifties, yeah. like when he has that Bullwinkle shirt, shirt, and he looks into the put that back on because the, the thing. Are you recording now? <laughs> okay, yes, Andy Beatles, go. Ha! I made you do it by stopping a ridiculous conversation. Where are you stopping it so I know what I can refer to and not refer to everything? Up to yes, quantum leap. Okay, but you play the clip. Uh, no, no, no. You don't play the clip. No, no, no. Okay. <sighs> this, I feel like how this does your is brain be... not? How can your brain? Wanna, your brain can do this. I want to organically get into it. You're you're not letting me. You're in charge of the cutting, and I just want to, you know, guys. Uh, uh, what I cut out was I, I quoted a quantum leap, a very famous quantum leap episode. We were discussing whether or not a Bullwinkle shirt was uh, worn, followed up by whether <laughs> or not uh, Scott Bakula said a certain word, <laughs> and then we went on a long discussion about it. And I was like, you know what? Rather than offending anyone with a word that is still said freely on Boston school ground. <laughs> Uh, nice, I, nice, uh, I decided, nice cover. I decided, uh, you know what? Cut it. It's it's not worth offending a person and then getting an email from someone. And, uh, is the word said? Our job is not to with or without people. a hard R it's in the please. middle, Matt. Uh, it would it would just it would be like you would say the word hard. Yeah, yeah, like uh, going to the Hard Rock Cafe. That sounds fun. You, see, right. you ever seen Walk Hard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly. Nah. 
it's the uh, it's I think it is the most underrated comedy. Of I know. This I've never century. seen it. Should we watch? Should we watch of that on the Patreon? Century? No, watch it. It's great. I have three DVD. I, I don't. Three Blu-rays I only have time I'm to watch to things that it's, are for this podcast. I have three Blu-rays now. of it. All right. I mean, it's like the best. Did you just keep buying it because you kept forgetting? Yeah, that I had it. Yeah. I was like, oh, I need to get the Blu-ray. Oh, I put it there. And I was like, of <laughs> yeah, course I, I have the Blu-ray. I got a lot of those. I got like three good fellows myself. Um, all Ooh, right. I'll trade you a good fellows for a Lockhart. One of them is signed by Martin Scorsese. Oh. I dude, think it's a DVD. Do you though, need one signed by John C. Riley? Ray Liotta. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The Beatles. Kirk Picard, Cisco, and Janeway. Here's my reasoning. Accepting that it is an ignorant one. To me, Kirk and Picard are the equivalent of the uh, John and and Paul. I think there's no argument. They're the most popular ones. They're the ones that everyone uh, thinks of first. I so see I that reasoning. It's got to be them. That's logical reasoning. And I think uh, Kirk is is more of the handsome face out of them. And Picard is more of the one that is considered more oh, of the right, sensitive right. artist. Uh, sure, okay. So Kirk is Paul. Yeah. And Picard is John. Yeah. And then that leaves Cisco and Janeway. I'm more I'm more familiar with Janeway and almost not familiar at all with Cisco. Sorry, Cisco, you're getting Ringo. And then Janeway is the most thoughtful one. She's the one with the science background. She's George. George is way more spiritual than scientific. Well, I, I would do. But he's he's also quiet. It's falling apart. He's quiet you know and thoughtful. And he's way on board with your John and Paul situation. Ah, I think that's a, an astute observation of popular it. culture and the way people perceive the Beatles. They know John and Paul, and they know Picard and Kirk. If you would like so to I will decide give you a 100% rating on that. Which of these captains is but one of the Beatles? Cisco Janeway situation. Go to our face group, because I'm sure that this will be your Cisco a Janeway topic of discussion. Situation. Oh, Mike Mann is busy right now cutting out Cisco's face to put on a fucking George Harrison, John Lennon, whoever the hell we decided he was Ringo, I believe I said, and you said, uh, which one, Cisco? Yeah, uh, he's Ringo, just because I don't, I don't know him as well. No, wait, he's John. I said he was John because he's the dark, he's yeah. the dark brooding one who has the dark side. Really? Yeah. No, I might really might like Cisco when I meet him. <laughs> I think you're gonna not only like him, but he'll become your favorite captain. I think. That was a bold point to the wall there. I think he will. I think he will. That is crazy. Yeah. Wow. We got to, I can't wait until the end of DS9. Well, I guess we'd have to watch all of them in fairness, but. Uh, you would have to watch all of them, particularly his arc in later seasons. What if Archer becomes my favorite? <laughs> I would have to say, Andy, I'm sorry, but we can no longer do this podcast. I got to say Lorca's right up there, but that says something about me. I'm a big yeah. fan of that. Hey, oh, I can't. I want to say a spoiler. You like dark things. Yes. I do like dark things. Yeah. And you don't like dark things. That's right. I like to stay happy because I'm already so dark. Right. Anyway. Which, FYI, is the uh, stumbling block with the uh, BSG that everyone keeps requesting. Yeah. It's like, no, guys, I'm good. Yeah. So I don't want to be sad. I've done what I can. I don't want to be sad. Speaking of being sad, it's time to leave the president's circle, Andy. Sure is, pal. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your meal. Have a good time. So much quieter in the Admirals Club. Well, you know. I guess they're more dainty. More more gentlemanly. Well, I think in the president's circle, it's all these uh, bigwig donors of the Federation. Boisterously laughing. (laughs) We've done it. It's like Canto Bite in here. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
What? What's Canto Bite? <sighs> God. Andy, do I have to always like tell you Star Wars things? What's Canto Bite? Is that a new one? Guys, will he figure it out? Is it? A, uh, will he figure it out? It is a new one, buddy. It's the casino the planet in The Last Jedi. Oh, no wonder that piece of crap. Well, I mean, you know, think about it, though. That Canto Bite scene yeah. is kind of what I picture the president's circle to be like. Yeah, that's accurate. See? I think you're making it a less attractive place right now. <laughs> oh, guys, it's, don't worry. It's not Canto Bite. There is a reason for you to be in there. <laughs> you get content that you want. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Benicio Del Toro is one of the guests. Yeah. I don't know why Lando Calrissian wasn't on Canto Bite. Would have been a great time to reintroduce him. That is strange. Like, why doesn't that seem like the place 100%. he would be? Like, that'd be f- if he owned that fucking it's casino? It's because they were staying away from the old characters at times that they shouldn't stay away from the old characters. Andy, this is correct. Yeah. Why did we not get one fucking second of Luke, Leia, and Han, and Chewie on the god? damn falcon fuck it i don't need it on the falcon you put it on my fucking uh, get it on a on a on a corvette get it on a uh, on a carillion cruiser i, couldn't ah, I don't agree care with you what more. it is andy what I if it's like what if more. it's like oh my god guys we have to go get luke right they yeah. go together to get luke to coax him uh, out of whatever and luke's like oh guys i'm totally just i'm sorry i accidentally sunk my x-wing i've been trapped here forever thank you for rescuing me let's go <laughs> very strange uh, and it's you don't have to ignore this. the new characters in order to no. in order to have give us satisfying no. moments with the old characters. You do not. A real ripoff. Look, here's honestly, everyone's like, I blame Ryan Johnson. Oh, I don't blame Ryan Johnson. It's J.J. Abrams' fault. Yeah. Look, probably. Here's what you did with something you don't love. Well, Kathleen you made Kennedy 2009 also a Star candidate. Trek. Uh huh. And you were very adamant about not loving Star Trek. You were always a Star Wars guy. You get your hands on Star Wars, what do you do? You fucking kill Han Solo? You, sir, are twisted. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's like, if you... If they were like, Matt, here, you get the new Picard show. And I was like, perfect. I want to kill Jordy. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, what? what? No, you can't... I'd also say that to myself because I would have split into two personalities at that point. Ooh, like Mr. Negative, accident. Martin Lee. Wait, uh, who's that one? That's uh, Spider-Man. Don't worry about oh. it. Uh, Matt, we're still in the Admiral's Club. <laughs> Look, it's a nerd time in here. You know, we can't. I can't exactly go into the hallway of a Federation ship and start talking about Carillion cruisers. Well, those people hate us anyway. Everyone hates us, Andy. That's the beauty of this show. The people that don't hate us. A third of them don't. Probably haven't. <laughs> started listening <laughs> anyway I, I, someday I'd like to talk more Star Wars with you buddy but uh, right now we have some business to attend to so let's head straight one more time past all the other doors to this door and that was the Admiral's Club not bad Captain we are being hailed Andy I know we just recorded Two days ago, so there's probably no hails. Thanks so much, everybody. You would think that, Matt. What? But no. <laughs> How did they do that? Um, here's one. Yeah, I'll leave you out here. I'm going back in there. I understand. 
Uh, I can do the hills by myself. He's usually tunes out during this portion anyway. Um, this one will. <laughs> if I wish he could hear this one because it'd be amusing for him. This one is regarding the what, saucer. What Andy? This one is regarding the saucer section, buddy. Uh, who's this? You or Hale? Who are those chips? Is that a Hale? Are you Hale or is that a Hale? Are you? Who's saying this? Chip? I thought you said. I said no to yes. Hales, and you're trying to tell me about a Hale. It's a. You didn't. Did you? Were you trying to shut down the whole Hale portion? <laughs> I'm going back in. All right. Um, I think you'll all recognize it as a familiar caller inhaler. Uh, and here's his thought on the saucer section. Hey guys, it's Damien from Brisbane. How you doing? And that's it for the saucer section part of my message. For the full message, listen in next week. It's not next week. It was the same fucking weekend. I thought you it were was in the, the same <laughs> goddamn day. Did you just tra- did you just say like transport out? It wasn't the same day. What happened? I, I didn't meant, hear the door. It was like <gasps> I was you like, in a warp bubble, Andy. <laughs> remember me. I won't forget you. You deserve better, audience. <laughs> I like that your first reaction is to correct the logic. Well, it's like I th- my whole point in doing it in the first place, Andy. I, I guess I could say this here to <laughs> this you. This is not my intention, guys. I guess I could say this to you. Okay. It was not to give people less it, and not to space it out. Like I deliberately put it out on Friday <laughs> so that the episode would come out the same day as always on Sunday. Right. So that... There would be literally, if you wanted to wait till the regular time to listen to the episode, you would have both halves right there. I I could bypass the saucer section So all I'm saying to everyone who complained about it, I apologize. (laughs) It is not happening again. (laughs) Go fuck yourselves. (laughs) You understand that you're only apologizing to a third of the people anyway. (laughs) I'm sorry that your free podcast... Decided to come out twice in one week. All right. Tim Cesarano. Fucking why? I love podcasts, but I would never write into one to complain. Sure you would. I never have. You probably complained about them, though. Maybe to myself in the car? To friends? No. No, really. Like if I've listened to a bad podcast, I'm like so that podcast was so bad though. I could not yeah. listen to it, and that I don't continue to listen to it. Right. I'm not one of these people that writes in and hates us. You know, there's like two or three of those people. That <laughs> They're come disgruntled. In. I would yeah. say that and they it's hate just us. Like, why, guys? I we're just he- we're literally just <laughs> trying to make something fun for you to listen to. I'm and not if on we board do a with bad job at it, you don't section. have to tell us about it. <laughs> Really got set off. He was in such a he was in such a buoyant mood with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are going to the American League Championship Series, and it's all tainted by the people who hated the saucer section. Tim Cesarano says, "Hey Andy, tell Matt that we don't need data to show us what Tom Petty would sound like singing Elvis, cause he already did it." Did you know about this? Baby Let's Play House was one of my uh, one of the early theme songs for Excellent Adventure. Oh, really? Was it? Were you referring to it, or had you forgotten about it? I was. This never tracked as something I knew existed. Yeah. Like it, it's not crazy to me that Tom Petty ever recorded an Elvis song. I'm sure there was like a Sun Records compilation that he was on. Oh, the original was the. Are you saying the Tom Petty version or the? No, no. I'm saying that I had we had I would I put the Elvis version on Excellent Adventure originally. The Elvis version. Yeah, Baby Let's Play House. Wow, so you didn't realize this existed. I did not. Good pull, Tim Cesarano. Tim, I wish more of our listeners were like you.
And then we're calling to complain about. <laughs> they tried to get him out of it. section was 45 minutes long, and then the other episode was two hours. I don't know what you want. Go find another podcast that puts out this much fucking content that isn't Pete Holmes. I dare you. This one is, does he do long podcasts? Eh, occasionally, he'll do a very long podcast. Are they as rambling as ours? Yeah, they're probably, f- they're funnier, more focused, and overall more enjoyable. Well, we can't all be Less about Pete Star Trek. I've never heard a single, I don't know that I've seen Pete Holmes do, I've met Pete Holmes, I've been in auditions with Pete Holmes, a delightful, funny person. I don't think I've seen him do a second of comedy. Uh, you're missing out. He's a great stand-up, very funny. It's very, very interesting I, being in Hollywood and meeting people. Yeah. And being like, oh, a lot of people talk about this guy. <laughs> and uh, he's not in my area of interest, so I haven't seen him do anything. But he seems very nice. Um, I think you'll like this uh, this hail. It's it's very heartwarming. Um, although it does begin, hey, Andy. But that's just because They all knows. write to you because you're I'd the one be- who reads them for now. Very soon, another reader will be reading them. So I would, everybody, change your address names. He keeps threatening that. However, I've asked him like five times, uh, who do you want to be the person? Well, I had settled me. on one and then unsettled yes. and then resettled. He's and then, indecisive. Uh, right now I'm unsettled. Um, I do read every hail, though. I will say that. Um, and even if we get a person, I will probably read them, even if I won't organize them. Um, hey, uh, just wanted to say how much I enjoy the show. I started watching TNG during the fourth season when I was in eighth grade. I never cared much for the original, too campy for me, but TNG spoke to the awkward queer teen I was and gave me a safe place to imagine myself. I like to pretend I was like Wesley, but female and butcher, and would go to school every day wishing I was heading for duty on the bridge of the Enterprise. It helped a lot during what was a miserable year. By the way, it's very funny. It is funny. That she said she's butcher than Wesley. Yeah. I love it. It wouldn't take much. Boom! Oh. Did I ruin it? I mean... I think I, I jumped on her joke that she was already making. You know... Yeah, maybe not. One of you two was at my wedding, and it wasn't you. <laughs> well, wait. Oh yeah. Um. Oh no. Now can I not meet Will Wheaton? <laughs> Did I ruin it? Haven't you? Weren't you at the party last <laughs> Hanukkah? Will Wheaton was at the party last yes. Hanukkah. Was I not there? I think well, I might have shown up here. later. Well, you do like a casual late thing. I might have shown up Because Andy late. likes to swing through parties. Like, uh, uh, this one's not good enough. I gotta go. Oh, I should have stayed to the first one. Not accurate. I'm just desperately clawing at every every social occasion that's being offered to me. Um, in closing, I wanted to send a link to the best song about Captain Picard ever. Uh, the cheesy video clips lend some credence to your theory about Riker. Enjoy, very respectfully, Lieutenant Morgan, Captain Thorne's number one. Do you oh, know what that means? She has a Captain Thorne, who she is the first officer to. Oh, Captain Thorne. Oh, you, you, you dissected that much better than I did. Um, I don't know if you know the song. It's uh, Picard by Rachel Lark. Any idea? No. I'll just play the first uh, minute of it. It's delightful. Took Soren late in the fifth season When the writers were experimenting Please, Commander, say engage I'm more than happy to arrange An evening on the holodeck I'd love to know what you would pick I look up at the stars I see you love that I'm more turned on than Damon talk 
that's it, Matt. There's a lot of good production value happening in there. There is. And quite frankly, I don't know why I never thought to rhyme Picard and Hard together at the same time. Me neither. I think the Picard maneuvers, the hard maneuvers. I wonder if the Picard maneuver is in there. Must be, right? Oh, well, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> Do you want to listen to the other three minutes? <laughs> well, I think we can direct everybody on over. It's uh, Picard by Rachel Lark. You go ahead and punch that into your YouTubes. Uh, and it's of the account Lark Songs. This came out last year. Uh, oh, it's recent. May 31st, 2017. And quite frankly, everybody, it only has 2,700 views. I'd like to see what this podcast can do for it. Go to YouTube and search Picard by Rachel Lark and see what happens. I'd love to see that view count next week. How's was that for a free ad, Rachel? Uh, no, no, that was uh, Rachel just Venmoed me $55. <laughs> I find that unlikely. Imagine that. <laughs> um, okay, and then we got one prime corrective for this endless saucer section for yeah, your, your money. Gotta, gotta, uh, oh. oh, God, what happened? Well, yeah. Are you okay? No, I Because, Andy, I hope you know that this is not even close to the longest saucer section. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, we, we don't need the face group. We don't need to go to the face group. Okay. Um, then we shall go. I have yet to... I've, I, I, the face group and I are in a fight. Oh, I thought you had made up with the face group. I uh, thought I saw you posting on it afterwards. I was, but I was angry about it. And, and, and I just, again, <laughs> really? let me just tell you what the start of the fight was. <laughs> this is my fault. I shouldn't have. I, what I was thought, the start of the fight, Andy? The, the, what, before the saucer section? That was the start of the fight, was the sure, saucer section. Yeah, of course. So many people did not care for the saucer section that it hurt my insides. It really did. You're such really a sensitive bothered. man. You know, I just think about what what would I want, and I get uh, uh, confused when people don't want the same thing as me. No, I I get it. I'm like Dory. Why don't you want to go to Vegas this weekend? I've come to the to the point where I I cease to argue with you when you want something, and you will continue to argue with me because you even just sense that I am disagreeing inside. Well, I don't, and I don't want know how you to, win to hide that. your true feelings. That's <laughs> well, the problem. It takes me so much to contain my true feelings. Like, why would you want to do? Uh, maybe other people out there can answer this question, and I don't know that Andy has an answer for it. But why, if you, I think. Worse than getting your way in something is getting your way when you know the other person doesn't want that and is just saying it to get your way. Do you know what I mean? Have we figured that out, what I'm saying? I guess what I'm saying is... But you and I share... It is a shallow victory. You and I share a thing. no one wants. It's interesting that you say that, but you and I share a thing that as long as the other person is slugging it out with you and then you win... Then I think you and I accept that end, but we don't accept it if the other person is just quietly like, all right, never mind, whatever you want. Like, if you and I are fighting, we will take a victory over the other person, but if, you, if one of us backs down, then the other one feels bad. <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what it is. But yeah, I, I could see that to a point. I don't know. I don't... If it's truly a victory and it's uh, that you have made someone realize that your side was the right side of the argument, that's the best thing in the world. Sure. But that's so rare. <laughs> Never happens. <laughs> I don't know that we're healthy life. that we think that's the best thing in the world. <laughs> to have someone finally come over that, to your side of the thing. That would have be been like, our version oh, of... Oh, yeah, you're right. That would have been our version of a Star Trek speech. Mm-hmm. Of course, humans. They need to feel like they've won by defeating the other person's logic. <laughs> Yeah, that's just I the think most 
human. Almost eighty episodes. Thing you can I think do. that's the first Spock. attempted a terrible Shatner impression I've done. No, no. You think that's untrue? Don't forget that other one where you were talking about hopefully someday wearing a girdle. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about it for a long time. Uh, here is your prime corrective. Oh, come on, bro. Which bro? Oh, oh yourself. Talking to the computer. It's a prime directive, cause man, man, I got it wrong. Oh. You replayed it. It never stopped playing. I yeah, just let it play with you. Um, this Hi, is Matt and Andrew. My name is Paul Suda. Oh, crap. That is California. not... Paul from Toluca. Do you want to hear the whole thing? Oh, this is, is very Paul, old. Is, does Paul want to? Don't you don't have to play the whole thing? Okay. Paul is a is a committed and wonderful By the way, listener. Paul's audio quality better than anyone's ever heard. He sent it in. I think I played it originally as an MP3. Yeah, that's smart. I think he's a professional voiceover actor. So well, hire Paul. It's very clear. Um. Anyway, uh, what is <laughs> apropos about this uh, prime corrective? It is it is Star Wars themed, a hyperspace crash from Anthony Wiper, um, who said oh, Tony, who says, "Hey guys, far be it for me to defend the Last Jedi. Don't get me started. However, in A New Hope, Solo does seem to set the precedent that you can crash into things while in hyperspace." And I quote. Traveling through hyperspace ain't like Dustin Crops, boy. Without precise calculations, we could fly through a star, bounce too close to a supernova, and that'd end your trip real quick, wouldn't it? Anyway, you guys are doing a great job. You can separate the podcast into saucers, shuttlecraft, and escape pods if you like. Just keep doing it. Cheers. Thank Tony. you, best listener, Tony. <laughs> um, guys, if you would like to hail us no. and engage... The often fiery brain of Matt Myra. Um, no one wants to be in this brain. Send your voice hails to 816 Trek TNC. Instagram and Twitter at Star Trek TNC. Um, the sometimes enraged gentleman across from me is at Matt Myra. My Instagram is at Andrew Secunda. My Twitter is at Secunda. Direct hails to sttncpod at gmail.com. And you can try and get your. Uh, President Circle uh, subspace messages read by going to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek TNC and get your bonus pods there as well. <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm laughing at a screenshot that I, I'm guessing is from my time at midnight when we just tried to come up with as many words for farts as we could. And the list that I'm seeing is at 209. Wow. Rectal honk, rectal shout, rectal tremor. Release the squeaker, release an ass biscuit, release gas, rep, rim shot, rip ass, rip one, ripple fart, roast the jockeys. That's a good one. Rip ass is also something that people would say. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Look, fun screenshots on this computer popping up, Andy. Look, there's Matt Gorley selling some Volkswagens. I think the main reason people don't want the saucer section separated because if this is really the saucer section, it will just hurtle into space <laughs> without any kind of navigation. It's just spinning, this oh, one. It's just spinning uh, endlessly. Look, uh, those hey, it is Gourley. Those of you out there who enjoy uh, us. Uh, I'd love to get Gourley on here. We don't have guests. So. I know. He's one of the ones I would really want on here. 
Well, I think when you do your Battlestar podcast, which you're threatening to do on your own, then you can have your you can have you and your um, co-host can have guests on all the time. Because that show can Should be whatever you want. Battlestar podcast. It just as upsets me that you don't want to watch. I it. think that everyone listening to this podcast right now would love to hear you do a Battlestar podcast. <laughs> You'll do anything to not watch Battlestar Galactica. How about how about Yes, Andy, I will not add a fourth podcast to my well, week that's to not, watch Battlestar That is a Galactica. bullshit argument. We could do it for the Patreon. How about uh, Babylon 5? Where do no, you stand on I that? I don't want to watch these want things. To, okay. I don't care. I don't know why I'm asking him in this state of mind. This you could all throw like uh, well, there is an amount of money I'd do it for, but it is not even close to what is in our Patreon account. Well, not now, but we just never, never. You don't think? It's... No, people don't. I don't know. I can imagine quite a bit. People don't. <laughs> That's also Han Solo. Well done, Andy. Thank you. Uh, see, I get, kind of I get Han your Solo Star impression. Wars references. Yet you don't get mine. I wish you just understood Cantabite like me. So all yours are from the crappy ones. All mine are from Cantabite, the best scene in any Star Wars movie. Andy and I just want to say, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Look, we go on a very long run about Star Wars. And quite frankly, what I think is the greatest bit to ever come out of a podcast. I think it was very solid and much more committed than you and I do. Usually we bail almost immediately. You know what it was? We both know about it. (laughs) Right. We both understand how things destroy things. And we have endless opinions. And we have endless opinions on the Star Wars franchise. So if you haven't seen uh, Force Awakens or Last Last Jedi, you are... There will be spoilers ahead, but it should be pretty safe to come back in once we start talking about the episode. So take a look at the time code and once we start talking about the episode. But no promises because it's a running bit. They might come back. Who knows? It's true. I could be that we could visit the Star Trek destroyers. We don't know. We don't know. Matt, Matt's uh, guess branding what? of the Star Trek destroyers have a very familiar tone to their voices. <laughs> <laughs> and a very similar director. Okie dokie. I am uh, going to just drop this here and uh, here. So, uh, spoiler alerts. Spoiler alert for Star Wars. I don't know if this, you're going to hear Star Wars immediately or if it'll be happening in a bit, but just so you know, it's there. I think the more slot machine fun we give them, the more they're going to come back to the cinemas. Yuck. We are the... Closer. You know the Star Wars story group that exists to keep the canon, etc.? Uh, I don't. What if we were the Star Wars Destroyers group? Oh, yeah. And our pitches were... <laughs> That's so catchy. I feel like we gotta do it. Star Wars Destroyers. Uh, you don't think it for this one, Andy? <laughs> What's that? Uh, you know that... Uh, what if uh, What if we never actually see Luke... Uh, anything you mean like he just shows up like a ghost well, oh i wasn't yeah, that is good thinking what, like we're waiting and waiting and oh boy is he gonna oh. kick some butt and then suddenly he's just there but he's not really there that would destroy star wars that would be great <laughs> <laughs> you know i listen i liked that uh i liked that scene on the planet um that was very vague of me but i the f- you don't remember the name of the planet that's why the, what you're saying the one where he shows up like a ghost. Yeah, I like that. I well, I just like the image of Luke Skywalker standing in front of all those imperial, sorry, all those first order of Ariats and whatnot. You know, because they order. because 
you know, they rebuilt, they rebuilt, you know, because they had so many credits, you know, after the empire was destroyed. These guys very quickly got some resources together and created a little army of people. You know, I'm talking like 30 years. 30 years these people get together and they're like, well, what if we just did something that was kind of like the Empire that took on the throne? What was the rebellion doing in all that time that well, they didn't get a freaking foothold? Look, my moth, ma, sorry, Mon Mothra yes. wanted the Old Republic. Well, rather, I'm sorry, wanted the New Republic to be like the Old Republic in the sense that. They would not have a military force, which was what happened. So once that happened, Andy, uh, that's a very the guys who are like uh, the guys very militarized perspective then, because they would have been prepared for the empire if they had a military. Correct, but they also didn't want to have. But here's the problem, right? Yeah, the old republic had a bunch of Jedi knights to protect to keep the peace. So true. Guess who didn't have Jedi knights? The new Republic. Mon Mothra. Yeah. She's out there looking for the proper hair dye to keep that a nice golden red. Yep. Uh, not thinking about a military. And then someone's like, hey, we should probably maybe think about getting some, like a, maybe, I don't know, some, like some clone troopers. What if we see Luke and we're all excited and he's on an island and he's training a young Jedi? I love this. And then. It might be too good, though. I don't know if that would milking, destroy. He's oh. milking a giant creature and it's a big funny scene. This is on me for not listening to the end of his sentence. Well, that's what I was building. Because I was like, well, that would be really good. I think people would, they wouldn't be destroying Star Wars. You no. see Luke training someone on a planet, but then you said he milked something. It's so funny. That's what you want to see Luke Skywalker for. That's what you've been waiting for. You know what I like? What? I like the idea that maybe uh, Han, right? You Han? Know, you're familiar with Han. Sure, Han. What if uh, what if over the last 30 years or so, I'm with you. you know, you take everything that he learned about himself in the in the previous uh, three movies. Sure. Oh, you yeah. mean all of his emotional growth? Yeah, let's say like he starts as like a smuggler, right? But right. And then uh, he finds out there's more to life than right. just Right. He learns money. to be a leader. Smuggling. He uh-huh. also uh, is great in this military aspect. He also uh, falls in love and uh, he has good friends. He really like, grows. You know, he just like keeps becomes more than he was what oh if, i love what this if, i love this yes first time we see him yes he's back this way one so he's just a smuggler just a smuggler uh-huh maybe maybe he doesn't yeah. even have his own ship it's like an a very old version yes i'm listening of the guy that we first met Yes, but uh, less uh, handsome, right? Probably grumpier, right? And maybe uh, uh, this time he's got sleeves. My friend, that would destroy Star Wars. Well, then I think we have to pitch it. Very good, Kathleen. <laughs> get in here, Andy, and I've been working on something. Yeah, I don't know why we use this voice in here, but uh, I think we can destroy Star Wars. <laughs> Oh boy. God. The Star Wars destroyers. Hey, you know what? Princess Leia? Yeah? Here's what I want to do with her, right? Okay, I got my ears open. What if, uh. What if she just, uh. really didn't do anything over the last 30 years? Well, I'm gonna. I love that. Okay, let me. Let me just counter pitch you. Okay. She's built up some Jedi skills, but... Oh, will we see any of that? Yes. Oh. They kick in when she 
is shot out into space. Like accidentally? Yes. Just kind of like the, the wall kind of busts open, and then she's sucked out into space. Right, right. She's she dead. uses she's a dead. Jedi power. Yeah, you would think. Right, yeah. But she uses her Jedi powers to not quite die, and then kind of hover back to the ship. But, you know, like a badass. Uh, wow, that's uh, crazy. But what if uh, there was some sort of way to, like, you know, tastefully write the character out of the story after the actress passed? Uh, right. You know, like uh, right there, maybe maybe she does just, you know. Right, just go, going, yeah. Yeah, yeah, what if she, she did dies, that? Uh, maybe a hero's death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. You, you know, it was for something. Maybe she's the one who pilots the ship into the uh, into the other ship. Well, if you were going to do that, then you'd have to have the balls to uh, completely recreate that character all CG. Nah, yeah, and they would, they they would, would never, never do, do that. that, no. Unless they really wanted to destroy Star Wars. Yeah. Hey, God, Kathleen, <laughs> we got another one for you. What is it? First of all, thank you for producing Back to the Future. No problem. <laughs> Second of all, uh, how, 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 how did you? Uh, never mind. Uh, here we got this idea about Leia. Okay. She she floats Fly through the away. sky. She floats through the sky like uh, she got some force powers we've never seen before. I like what I'm hearing. And uh, you know what? Uh, we also kill Admiral Akbar with no fanfare whatsoever. Characters of all the canon. Yeah, you know all you know, these peripheral characters that really stuck with everybody uh, after years and years and years and years and years of seeing them, and they have they, like some of the most uh, iconic lines, like uh, "It's a trap." It's a trap. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we uh, blew him out the window too? Love it. I'm not even going to to, to look at the <laughs> script. Just send it down and have them shoot it. <laughs> Thanks, Kathleen. Andy, I think she really was into that. I she think bought she it. Was this is great? Boy, this is going to be really funny. To somebody. <laughs> it is now time to talk about Star Trek, The Next Generation. And of course, I mean the episode Remember Me, Andy. Yes, Matt. Based on your own opinions, this is a new segment. Uh, update your spreadsheets, everybody. Oh, yeah. Based on your own opinions, Andy, should anyone. No! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's very funny to me because of uh, just how vehemently you said that. All right. So we're talking about an episode that was directed by Cliff Bowl back again and written by Lee Sheldon. That's right. Good old Lee. Good old young Sheldon. Uh, after welcoming her mentor, Dr. This, I'm really sorry about this. Oh, did we? Oh, I don't be sorry. I've messed up the order. I, I say wanted, that to you, yeah, and then I tell you when it aired, and then you tell me about right. that week of time. Sure, uh, unless there's something else I'm forgetting. Nope, that was it. Great, Andy. This aired the week of October twenty second, nineteen ninety. What was happening back then? Well, one of my faves, Janet Jackson, returned to the top of the U.S. charts with Black Cat. This is her. Her sort of attempt at kind of a more of a hard rock kind of a guitar sound. Sure. Uh, while Maria McKee's dominance in the UK continued with Show Me Heaven, Memories of Moonlight by... Oh, that's so weird. I was just about to make a Sidney Sheldon reference when you said Lee Sheldon. Whoa. Memories of Midnight by Sidney Sheldon was a bestseller. And for the third week in a row, Marked for Death conquered the box office. I can't believe that a third Steven Seagal film was number one for... Th- three weeks that is crazy nutsos uh the cincinnati reds hang uh, on okay. one second do you think people are gonna be mad at us for spoiling star wars i w- it did occur to me 
but I also feel like I don't know. Should we put maybe a, a, just a little message at the top? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler I'm gonna have alert. to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to stop this. The only way I remember to cut things in and out is by stopping it, just because okay. I've been listening to the track. Is there any good way to do it? Guys, you've heard it. You're going to hear a spoiler alert after Andy finishes the news. I'm going to go back and do it. So you're going to hear us discuss whether or not we should put a spoiler alert, and you will have already heard us say spoiler alert. Continue, Andy. A real time rift because uh, they'll hear a black cat in the background, and then they'll hear it again later. Oh, no, no, no. We're going to record a separate spoiler alert. Oh, we're going to record They're a separate not gonna, Okay. What really what did it to me was like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in this black cat song. Heaven forbid these people find out that I'm editing, not even thinking to myself that this is on a separate audio track and it would be no problem to actually edit it. Anyway, Andy, what else was happening? The Cincinnati Reds completed their four-game sweep of the defending champion Oakland Athletics in the 1990 World Series. It remains one of the biggest upsets in baseball history. Actor Jonathan Lipnicki, Jerry Maguire, Stuart Little was born, and Time Magazine's cover featured virtuoso trumpeter Witten Marsalis. With the Twin Towers in the background. And the caption, the new jazz age. Oh, it was a promising time for jazz back then. Yeah. Sad. Twin Towers. Oh, I was sad about jazz. That'll be all of our things. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is the greatest disaster in New York history. And possibly not American history, is it? No, not American history. I figured it out, Andy. Let's walk through it. Walk through <laughs> Let's it in your really spend a lot of time on this. Walk through it in your head. What do you think? <laughs> I don't want to. Walk through the logic in your head. Well, there was the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. <laughs> 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 Andy, what are some other disasters that have occurred in this country? <laughs> All right, guys. What a silly, silly Billy. Okay. We're back out of that. And now it's time to continue with this Cliff Bowl-directed episode. Oh, Andy, Matt. I'm so glad that we went back in our time machines. Warned people in the past about the future. Or was it just in our imaginations? you got to come back with me! In our static warp bubble. That was my impression of, uh, of course, Christopher Lloyd, the showrunner of uh, Modern Family. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> See, it's funny that I think that Christopher Lloyd... Doc Brown, a.k.a. Doc Brown, yeah, is actually Christopher Lloyd, the showrunner. Wait a minute. <laughs> Go back a step, though. Is that your Christopher Lloyd, the actor impression? That's what he sounds like all the time. you got to come back with me. Back <laughs> in the future. All right. Well, right, <laughs> do your Reverend Jim version of that. Uh, come back. <laughs> Has that been done? Oh, it had to have been Must done. Must have been done, right? It was probably done just this week on a, another podcast with other white guys talking about popular culture. I once had an improv show where I was pimped directly into... What does that mean? Uh, that means when somebody else uh, tries to basically says, Hey, Frank Sinatra just came in. Here oh. he is. That's So that's the worst thing someone can do it's, to yeah, you? Yeah, it's called pimping. Unless you have a killer Frank Sinatra impression. Yes, and then it's an alley-oop. Gotcha. It's annoying either way, frankly. Hey, but, look, uh, uh, but I got pimped into doing Reverend Jim, and I did it, you know, relatively. You know, you knew it was Reverend Jim. It wasn't a killer one. And I never felt dirtier in my life because the audience, like half of them laughed, and the other half was like, yuck. <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't that. I bet it was half of them. Didn't know what it was. New Reverend Jim. Yeah. And the other half were like, what? It's possible. 
What are we do? We're in Chelsea. Why are we watching this? It wasn't Chelsea. I mean, we should just let's just go get pizza. <laughs> Why did we come to this improv show? He's not even that cute. You're not gonna date that guy. That's true. That is what most of them are saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's pretty good, Andy. That was he was there. He was watching. He was it. watching it. Yeah, Chris Lloyd liked it a lot. <laughs> What a fun day, guys. The Red Sox are in the American League Championship Series. You're Andy, never going to hear him like this again. Andy is He's both uh, been at once more happier and more angry than I've seen so, him in a while. think about it. I've just been more passionate today. I guess so. Because I had baseball. Brought you to life. my life. Yeah. I wish I had something like that to bring me to life. Well, someday, Andy, you'll find your sport. Okay. So far, you've said no to Parisi Squares. Oh, wait, you haven't seen Parisi Squares yet. So far, you've said no to the deadly martial art of Ambo Jitsu. <laughs> That's right. Uh, what was the racquetball one Fancy called? racquetball. Fancy racquetball. Laser racquetball. And, um, and then the, the on opera you're not into Are we either? counting the sport of, uh, oh. of the things on his fingers? Oh, yeah. What is that game called? Uh, Stratagema. 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 Yeah. Wow, I pulled that. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, you know, I have some ideas about Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Oh no! He, he should, should have been. A he should have been Star the Star Wars, Wars destroyer. <laughs> okay, everybody, this is a big episode for Chief O'Brien because he made the description. Rarely does he actually make the description. <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, here's the episode, guys. It was written by Lee Sheldon, directed by Cliff Bull. It is Remember Me. After welcoming her mentor, mentor Dr. Quace, an elderly man sadly reflecting on the loss of his wife and friends in a ham-fisted way, which is leading us down a story path we all can see coming. Oh, wait. That was me editorializing. Dr. Crusher didn't write that part. <laughs> no, he did not. Larry Namachek's. Thank you, Andy. I have to credit Larry for writing the words. Doc Trek. A Dr. Trek himself. The Marty, star- we got to write this summary for the for the for the book. No, we're done with that. <laughs> we have moved past Reverend Jim Brown. <laughs> Reverend Jim Brown. Marty, uh, if we don't finish this summary of TNG in 88 minutes. Oh boy. I'm sorry everybody. I'm sorry. That was uh, possibly the worst Doc Brown impression of all time. <laughs> I think mine was. I think you were closer. No, I wasn't. You definitely had more spin. Also, my impression was of a guy doing an impression of a guy, the guy he thinks runs Modern Family. Fair. <laughs> the amazing uh, Frasier writer slash. Have you met him, Christopher Lloyd? No. No. I'd be delighted to. You could make that happen. Have I met many? I haven't met many friends. Dude, you got to make that happen. Get a hold of the guy who's show running the other ABC comedy that's still going. Oh, yeah. I guess he's, he's busy. busy. <laughs> I still feel like you could do it. All right. These I mean, people, if they ever invited us to any sort of like. Why don't they ever invite us to any sort of like ABC event? Mm, that's true. I had to sneak my way into a screening. That was supposed to get my the episode I wrote nominated for an Emmy. I had to wrangle my way to get in, and I wrote it. So irritating. That's how badly we're treated. They screened the dinner episode somewhere. Yeah, where at Disney? Oh, at the actual Disney. Yeah, and there was a meet and greet with the cast, and then I was just a barnacle on the side of the whole thing. Barno was there. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, a person, it's, a, it's a deepest cut for only us. It's just a guy on the hey. 
Garacio right now is in his truck <laughs> on his way to Studio <laughs> City, and true. he is fucking loving this. <laughs> I was actually just thinking he would enjoy this episode because it's so insane. No, he wouldn't. I think he would. He's, he's gonna. He's gonna. Here's what he's gonna do. He's gonna come into work tomorrow and go. You know, just wasn't there, guys. <laughs> It wasn't, yeah. wasn't there, boys. I think you're wrong. He seemed to have feel, felt like the show's David Garacio feels that our best episode was Transfiguration. Mm. Yes. So that's that's where David's head is at. Yeah. Anyway. I think we gotta do that we gotta do that bonus pod thing. And maybe if you can just walk me through the, the basics of the equipment again, then that can be our backup if we ever really can't do a week. Then maybe I'll just do the thing with uh, Garacio. No, we would just air no episode. But having it <laughs> be a bonus a podcast, I think, is a good idea. All right. That's, yeah. that's basically a guy who's never seen TNG who's listened to every episode, which I'm sure there are many of you based on what people say. But we work with him, no, so we have easy really? access to him. People, people have said that. Don't watch the show. A couple, at least. But listen to this podcast? I agree. Are they just like fans of your Reverend Jim impression? <laughs> <laughs> they were waiting a long time to hear it, if that's the case. Actually, they still didn't hear it. I never did my Reverend Jim impression. I did my Doc Brown impression. It's the seven people that were laughing hysterically at that. The seven people who got it. Yeah. And I don't mean that only seven people were laughing out of a huge audience. I mean that only 14 people were at that show at that time. Because yeah. it was a late show in Chelsea, and it was probably not on a Friday. Oh, what's wrong with the weight in the... Oh, so far off. <laughs> what was that? What does yield mean? What does gigawatts mean? Oh. <sighs> I hate us. I really hate uh, us. Now I hate us, too. Here's the problem with us, guys. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be one thing. We're hacks. Sure. Uh, we're just, just saying nerd words uh-huh. and hoping that someone still enjoys that. As someone who's been podcasting for 10 years, I apologize if I've already done that bit. The the duck? The Reverend, Reverend Jim, Jim is, Doc, is Brown? Doc Brown? Guaranteed. <laughs> Guaranteed. Somewhere in the pantheon of the 950,000 Nerdist podcasts slash talk salads slash Phoebes. Slash the occasional my ray in the highway. It's happened. Let's see. Victor Emmett Brown. No. I would type in Reverend Jim Doc Brown Nerdist, and I guarantee there's a hit for it. Okay. Guaranteed. Guaranteed hit. Thank you, Googler. Uh, guys, I am so this off the rails that I am Doc now Brown. starting the episode discussion here in the time. Stampies. Oh, yes, I think that's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. Guys, look, she welcomes her doctor, Quace, her mentor. He's talking about the loss of his wife. He's very bummed out about it. And here we go. Dr. Crusher visits her son in the engineering department. Wesley is working on a warp field experiment as Beverly watches. The project aborts in a brief flash of light. The moment is forgotten until, one by one, Quace, her staff, and even the senior bridge officers begin to disappear. Those who remain, even Data, know nothing about the vanished. But it is actually Dr. Crusher who has disappeared into an alternate universe aboard the real Enterprise. The Traveler... (laughs) Fucking Traveler. I like the Traveler, mostly because 
I only have to see him one more time. Uh, reappears to let Wesley know that the experiment is to blame. He, LaForge, and Data try to retrieve Dr. Crusher, but their efforts appear to her as a vortex that she resists being sucked into. After even Picard vanishes and the universe begins eroding away, Dr. Crusher figures out what has happened. This world is ruled by the thought in her mind at the time of the failed experiment, the loss of her friends and loved ones. Realizing the only way back to the real world is the sight of the flash, she dashes back and falls into Wesley's arms just as her new world collapses. So moving. Guys, I think the best part about this episode for Andy is the mention of his favorite character. And, uh, it's really, I think the Dr. Quace. Yes. Andy, you are always telling me how you (laughs) wish there were more elderly country doctors in star Trek. And, uh, boy, was he in luck. Although I don't really think of as a, as a, as a country doc, more of like a Wilford Brimley's brother. Sure. Chief Medical Officer's Gotta say, I love the crap out of this, the uh, Starbase effects, though. Look, anytime they're going to a Starbase for any sort of procedural situation, I'm talking crew rotations, warp upgrades, fancy repairs. Sure. I am a sucker for it. So immediately, Andy? Yeah. I'm giving it one Andy to start with. Let's see what it does. Can it build <laughs> on be that? a fascinating thing. Can it, it build like on it. the one Andy? Yeah. Let's find out. All right. We are docking at Starbase 133 for scheduled crew rotation. I look forward to welcoming aboard my mentor and dear friend, Dr. Dalen Quace, who will be traveling with us to his home planet, Kenda 2. Taking away one Andy. Why? So it is now at zero Andes. What happened? I don't like the way she addressed her log by saying, my mentor and friend, Dr. Quace. That's reasonable. No one speaks like that. All right. All right. Plus one for his eyebrows. So we're back up to one Andy. This could take a while. <laughs> oh, it's good to see you again, Beverly. You look wonderful. A lie I could live with. It's kind of your captain to ferry me home. It was on our way. Thanks, O'Brien. I had just bought Boardwalk and Park Place. You know, the key really is the orange and red properties up on that corner. They are statistically the most landed upon spots, Beverly. (laughs) He looks like Mr. Monopoly. You don't want to roll three doubles in a row, you'll end up in jail. You'll end up in jail. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. What? I'm sorry to hear about Patricia. She's been ill for some time. Andy, <laughs> you're right. You're right to say, oh, no. Such a, such a chance. A chance impression you stumbled onto. I sleep. If you had to draw a map of it, it just wouldn't make any sense. I'd be committed. <sighs> well, you see, in this one episode of Star Trek, there's this old guy who beams aboard <laughs> to meet the doctor. He looked kind of like the Monopoly guy. Long story short. <laughs> then Matt lost uh, half of the, uh, the listeners uh, accidentally stumbling onto an impression of one of the great monsters of all time. Good times. I understand. You won't get that from your other Star Trek. <laughs> you sure won't. Yeah, I feel like that might come up in a trend in the city. You think so? Yeah. 
when you realize someone you love is lost forever. You know what the worst part of growing old is? So many of the people you've known all your life are gone, and you realize you didn't take the time to appreciate them while you still could. Pepperidge Farm remembers. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no reason to load all this uh, emotional baggage on you. Sure isn't. travel light. I mean, Andy. Yes, Matthew. I hope you are not following a kosher diet because they have shoved so much ham into our faces. <laughs> that is just, I mean, I don't know. I guess that's the quickest way to do it. What do you mean? To get that sentiment out for her. But yeah. it's so ham-handed. Oh, it's so crazy. It's it's the worst. That's the worst part about getting old, Beverly. So many other people you love. chicken. Bill Irwin, a uh, a very familiar face throughout. How long familiar, story Andy? Career. Is there something you might know him from specifically? That's definitely. It did not help the uh, choice already by casting uh, that type of character actor. Anyway, he's been in a million Twilight Zones. He was in Moonlighting. He was in a bunch of John Hughes movies. He was actually uh, Sybil Shepherd's um, love interest for three seasons of Moonlighting. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny to me? It was like exactly the same. It would be crazy. <laughs> You're doing about that. that I hated that, by the way. It would have driven. That weird. It would have driven. Uh, Bruce Willis insane on that show. There was another Nevishi guy that she was. She has the baby with. <laughs> oh, God, oh, I, they really destroyed I Moonlighting really, at the I end. Really, I loved Moonlighting. I really tapped a vein that I did not know existed in Andy. <laughs> oh man, I loved Moonlighting. I would love to do a Moonlighting podcast. Oh, if only I could. Um, anyway, uh, he was in. These are these Andy, are the second, would yes. your, if you, let's say you didn't work full time. Sure. Would your daily life be deciding you want to watch something? Uh-huh. And starting a podcast to watch that thing. <laughs> I think it would. And then regretting I think it three would. seasons into that show, deciding to do the podcast. Yeah, I think it would be this exactly not, like that. I think don't if I go down the only thing road. saving me is that I don't have the time because I really would go like I would like to watch Battlestar Galactica, but I don't want to do it for no reason. I would like to watch Game of Thrones again. <laughs> I want to make this thing that's entertainment work. I would like to make you watch Game of Thrones. Hey, wait a minute. I don't watch fantasy. I know. It's so dark. Secundas claim the fame. I know him from something big. There's two things. (laughs) I love the idea that, like, something big. It's something big. (laughs) One thing was Somewhere in Time with Chris Reeve. It's the one big thing I know him from. (laughs) He played the kid and he plays the older version of himself. And that he doesn't play the kid. And then the other one is Seinfeld. And uh, oh yeah, he's in the pilot and he's in the the follow up episode. I'm remembering him from Seinfeld. I think. Anyway, back to the. He's the mailman, right? The Kramer's best friends. Yes, with? I think that's right. <laughs> really upsetting. Most of everyone. <laughs> By the way, I like this shot of people walking into the exterior of the Enterprise. It's great. Come on. Where I you love find all the exterior. Where are you going to find that kind really of quality cool. shot? Yeah. You know what he is? He's one of the old guys that uh, Elaine is taking care of. I want to say. Yeah. This particular sequence of button pressing is, I think, 
Oh boy. The best Elcar's button pressing. Yeah. That we have seen so far on this television show. It is as though he's actually doing something. Well, I'll go along with that. You know, this scene, watching yeah. this scene, I was like, and and not realizing that your statement was intentionally ambiguous to not lead yeah. me into, into understanding this is a bad episode. Uh, I was like, oh my God, this episode is going to be amazing. Well, because it has two things that I really like off the bat. The protocol. Uh, you're, you got bullshit they have to do yeah. transfer out crew and in crew he's in there fucking with the warp drive but all of your of, of all of your protocol obsession yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this scene oh come is on just killing it because it has the dynamic between the two characters exactly and it's they're talking the way that that, that people who work together would talk you have like two seasons ago um wesley wouldn't have Said, "Come on, Jordy, let me do my thing." He's yeah. comfortable enough now, yeah. and now Jordy trusts Wesley enough and knows he's smart enough. It's like, all right, I'll let him do one of his crazy experiments, and yet he's still annoyed because Picard might call down at any second. They're going to look like jackasses that they can't, you know, yeah. engage the warp. What am I going to do but, when he says? It can but it's engage matter of fact. They jump into it, and it's just going right. So promising, really promising. And Will Wheaton is great in this scene. I should tell Will that. Hands down, it's the best. Time for the experiment is over. I want my warp engines back now. I'm almost done, Commander. Almost isn't good enough. You want to be the one to explain when the captain says engage and we just sit here? I just need a couple more minutes. I'm ready to try the new warp field. I'm here to start my plot, Wesley. Don't let me interrupt. Wesley, right, okay. You could call him Matt. I could, it's <laughs> 10 o'clock. Oh, no. Computer, run a level 2 diagnostic on warp drive systems. Antimatter containment positive. Warp drive within normal parameters. Wesley, talk to me. That shouldn't have happened. Why would there be any visible phenomena outside the warp drive? Prepare for umbilical disconnect. You done? Yeah. What is umbilical disconnect? That's the thing that the people That's walk through, the tube. From the saucer section? Yeah, they get... Well, no, that was going into the star drive they were walking into. The umbilical is essentially like when you're docked in, star, in space dock, uh-huh. the umbilical is power. So, like, you're not using the ship's power when you're in space dock you're getting it off of the space station so the umbilical is like uh, think of it like you oh I got it took your car battery out and it's like those uh, fueling connectors between planes yeah uh, you know what it actually is more like what have you ever been camping with a like an RV or a large camper and plugged into their power I mean, to power everything on the RV so you don't have to run the engine. I've been with people. Well, country folk have <laughs> anyway, done all the things. <laughs> that's, that's, that's more like it. That's more what it is. <laughs> and I've gone, how far out into the woods am I allowed to go <laughs> before a bear eats me? Just hang the trash in the sky, Andy. <laughs> they can't get to it. We are all moorings, engineering. Aft thrusters. Aft thrusters, aye. Impulse power to the helm.
what do you think there, Andy? When you're watching this in real time, what what is your, what did you did you track the fact that Crusher had disappeared? Yes. Okay. And I still think it was very promising. And I love this shot of the starbase with the Enterprise going away. I want that like on the my shot wall or doesn't something. make any sense to me. No. Because the Enterprise was docked in the top part of the ship of the space station. Well, I assume that there's a So they just they you, can, think they, you, think they, you think they just you think they just uh, came out and then dropped a bunch? Well, what did Maybe to make way for more ships coming in like air traffic control or a gumball machine. What if uh, what if instead of this uh, Starbase? Uh-huh. They was uh, called the uh, Starbase Killer. Uh-huh. Wait, what is that thing called? Star Killer. Star Killer Base. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> it doesn't kill one fucking star. No. Andy. Sure. Just three or four or five planets at once. Yep. Come. <laughs> so he, she's at Quasis quarters. Come. And she is not knocking, or or is that that's a the doorbell? Oh, that's the doorbell. Oh, I see. I don't know why I yelled that. Into <laughs> that's the doorbell, everyone. I got gotcha. you. I wonder if she used her med- objection would, withdrawn. By the way, I would have liked a uh, medical override of the door because she thinks you know he's old. She's like, oh, is that not what she did? I guess maybe she hit a code that is that, but I would have yeah. liked her to verbalize it. Yeah, that's Computer reasonable. override, door, blah, blah, blah. Medical emergency, Dr. Crusher. Fair. Just to get a little more procedure out. What? No, you're you're done, sir. We wrapped you. You're I'm done. making some oatmeal in here. Sarah, could you please leave the set? You're not in this scene. But I want to be in this scene, too. No, sir. We just need you for that first scene. Oh, doggone it. If it'll help, we'll pay you just the one day. I was in... <laughs> Somewhere in time. Oh, the time travel movie with Reverend Jim? <laughs> that was the other one. Oh, God, I hate us so much today. Well, they got a lot of us. Look, everybody. There's a lot of us to hate. <laughs> here is the problem with today's episode. Uh-huh. I gotta, you know I got to wake up at 4.30 in the morning to be at the set tomorrow? Do you want to... Do you want to... And the answer is no. Yeah, that's not a great. I was going to say, do you want to stop and then pick it up another no, no, day? Let's just. Uh, Guys, we're going to get through this. It's 1022 at night. Andy Secunda suffering for you. I only have to get up at 502. So Andy's going to get a whole 27 more minutes of exercise. Wait, Mine's no, no job, exercise. Though. Just work. Yeah. Absolutely. I have to plug in Andy's computer. So excuse me, everyone. That's actually weirdly the sound Andy's computer makes every time you plug it in. Which I've asked how he did it. He just won't tell me. Nope. It's a macro. Come. Ah, she did it. Lieutenant Wolf, yesterday yes. before we left Starbase, an old friend of mine came on board, Dr. Dalen Quace. I requested quarters for him. He was assigned here. I was not aware of this passenger. I'm sorry. I thought it was standard procedure for you to be informed after Captain Picard approved passage. It is. Please proceed. We were to meet for breakfast, but I can't seem to find him or his belongings. Computer, where is Dr. Dalen Quace? There is no Dr. Dalen Quace aboard the Enterprise. Lieutenant, 
Dr. Quace is very old and rather frail. If he fell somewhere, if his communicator were damaged... I will order a search immediately. Thank you. So she thinks she legitimately is like, he might have fallen and can't get up. Right. So she thinks that he has fallen somewhere and his communicator broke. (laughs) They also say, this was sort of an interesting thing. They say later, well, the sensors can't detect a dead body. That seems like a mistake in the sensors. Jordy, we got to figure this out. They say it. It's crazy. And so, I don't know, maybe I misinterpreted something, but... Even if Dr. Quace had been injured, why would his belongings be missing? I'll leave you with that. Goodbye. <laughs> Sir, I have several so teams conducting just a heads up, think I'm wasting my time. I have scanned the entire ship, Captain. Other than the Enterprise's regular complement, I could find no one else on board. Your sensors wouldn't detect him if he were dead. There you go. That's correct, Doctor. <laughs> Could, um, what? What? Your friend had returned to the starbase without telling you an emergency of some sort. Do you think that that is like, um, because we're in Beverly Crusher's reality right now? <laughs> she doesn't know anything. She doesn't know that the sensors can totally <laughs> detect a dead person. I kind of felt like sometimes but when like, she was talking to the computer, I was like, is this just because this is what Beverly thinks the computer knows and doesn't know? I think, honestly, I think that's part of it, right? So she's like, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think they can. So in my reality, that's what it is. And that's what Dave is going to say. In my reality, I feel like I'm never getting any help. That's why all of my staff is gone. <laughs> forth between the ship and the starbase yesterday. We could easily check the transporter ID traces. By all means, check the trace log. But even if the results are negative, contact Starbase Command. We what is he holding? Chance. You know that's that 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 that, that sort of functions chip. that functions sort of as either a thing with a display that he can f- use to functionally like an iPad type of thing. But doesn't he have a pad? He sure does. But he's also like, it's kind of like he's reading space reports uh-huh. on a <laughs> piece like of plexiglass, it's like a future scroll. <laughs> it's a weird. It's one of those weird things that he always has them like he has a stack of them on his desk like that are yeah. like filed away like paper. So I always assumed they were just reports with a screen we never saw. Oh, see, I would think that it would be like a, a chip that he would stick in and then the stuff would one come moment, out. Doctor. So like a, just a giant cartridge. Yes, that would have what on it? Information. Boy, or hits from the seventies. <laughs> Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. So good. He's doing um, Suicide Squad 2 now, James Gunn. By the way, brilliant move really by brilliant Warner move. Brothers. It totally. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Like, all right. And quite frankly, I'm on James Gunn's side. Yeah. The man I, deserves to be forgiven if asked for forgiveness and truly forgiveful. <laughs> and forgiveful. also... I'm always on Chris Pratt's side. Like Chris Pratt, <laughs> back up Chris him. Pratt. I don't know if you want to back Chris Pratt a hundred percent of the time. You okay. know, we don't know what his personal opinions That's are. That's true. But whatever the case. Uh, All right, Dave Bautista. <laughs> he seems more safe. I back him up. Um, but whatever the case, whoa, putting aside any political uh, stance on James Gunn, um, uh, and I honestly don't know enough to really dig into a position other than it seems like it was just poor choices that he made and Man, not we've all made right sure poor but, choices but the main thing i will say like my is breakfast this morning i can definitely tell you that that would be the sequel 
that I would want to get on because you can only go up, and James Gunn is going to crush that. Oh, for sure. There's so much potential that was squandered in that film. It's a difficult thing. Fucking yeah. Harley Quinn, just all these villains. And what is that? They're fighting a bunch of weird mud creatures at the end? Ugh. They're fighting giant CG creature number 73. Which Why? Is, Why which would is, you do that? Which is the fucking DC problem, right? Right. It's crazy. Yeah, like, Justice honestly, League was a travesty. Honestly, the best of them yeah. has been Man of Steel. Yes. And Man of Steel is, you know, I have my problems with it. But at least your villain in that movie right. is clear. Right. Motivated. There's yes. a reason for him to be doing what he's doing. He's genetically engineered to protect Krypton at all costs. Yes. So he wants to recreate Krypton. Played by an incredibly skilled actor. Yes. And you get it. And you can see the action. And you understand what's happening. Yes. But then from there on out, it's giant CG monster number 73 for all of them. So weird. Like that fucking witch doctor person thing in in Suicide Squad. Yeah. By the way, every DC movie I've only seen on a plane. You're welcome, America. Yeah, I agree. What a weird sure DC tangent. The, uh, procedure involving passengers. Of course. I don't know why Lieutenant Worf wasn't told about Dr. Quace. Well, I was not informed either. But I sent in a request weeks ago. Then it must have been intercepted before it reached me. And someone else sent approval? Why? Dr. Quace had been stationed at the star base for some time. Six years? Perhaps it would be prudent to find out if he had acquired any enemies there. By the way, I would much rather this episode was that. Yeah. That he right. was murdered somewhere on the ship. Force laid in for Dorinia 4, sir. Thank you, number one. Mr. Data. Sir, Starbase 133 has no record at all of a Dr. Dalen Quace. You said he was stationed there for six years. Not according to their computer. I have also accessed Starfleet records. There is no doctor currently serving in Starfleet named Quace. In fact, I can find no service record whatsoever. Uh, Data, how are you spelling that? QLF4? <laughs> oh, Data. <laughs> You're way off. Um... So Will, so Will you, says, that's ooh. because I was <gasps> such a nerd. I made the buttons I pressed had to have, they, buttons that he pressed have to have meaning. Oh my God. What an inside scoop. Even if it was only in my head. Matt. Well, I'm going to. We just made up for all the bullshit we did for the past three hours. <laughs> Can, does he want to call? Can we call him in? No, I don't want to call him. God man. damn it. Bother the man. Sorry if I might blaspheme and I upset people. <laughs> You only accept one man. I'm pointing to this guy. I apologize. <laughs> Yahweh. There are no birth records with that name. I can find no... Data. I interned with him on Delos 4. I've known him for 15 years. I do not doubt you, Doctor. But I have tried 173 phonetic variations of the name, and I... His name is Dalen Quace. Q-U-A-I-C-E. That what sounds like a made-up name. He does. She does spell it to him. I thought I made that part up. Yeah, no, that's true. I forgot that. Boy, I'm really funny. We have completed our search, Captain. We cannot locate Dr. Quaze. They won't know that I'm shaking my head no at you when I say I'm really funny. They'll think I really meant it. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I uh, said it, and then I really was shitting on myself. going like, this is not. (laughs) No. That's not. He was on board. 
I met him myself in transporter room three. And it appears, for reasons unknown, someone has taken great pains to erase all traces of this man. I gotta say this. transporter duty when he came aboard? Yeah. I'm going to be saying a lot of things about this thing, but... Uh, uh, first watch through I was not in on what was going on I was taking it at face value that, that uh, reality was warping around her and it wasn't just her own thoughts I didn't understand that so you're saying that you were just taking it as a mystery is afoot yes Okay. and I was kind of like well alright this is not satisfying what I'm watching but if it's really a satisfying solution then I'll be like oh okay great but I will say this now looking back on it knowing this is all a creation of her own brain she has a perception of the people around her is giving her way more slack than I would imagine they would give her in this situation. They they are go to the mat. They turn the ship around. They're constantly assuming oh, O'Brien buy, is lying. I buy. They're like, everybody is on board with Dr. Crusher and Dr. Crusher's head. I gotta say, so far, I buy her reality. You think that everybody would be like, all right, Dr. Crusher's right, even though all signs point in the opposite direction. But... Every time there has been any sort of mystery kind of thing like this on board the ship, yeah, it has been the plot. Do you know what I mean? So, like, any time that there's been like some sort of like hunch or no, I, I, Doctor, blah blah, or you know, no, Captain, I think I know, blah blah blah. Well, then, all right, well, blah 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 blah. I'm, use, I'm doing a bad job of explaining by using blah, 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 blah for me to understand what your point was. I guess what I'm trying to say is... Yes. Pretend this was a normal episode and she's not in a warp field right now. Yes. What thus far that we've seen has not rung true to you? It's not quite yet, but I think it's... The, even now... Well... The fact that she said, this guy disappeared, there's no evidence of it, and that they're not even like, oh, well, let's, you know, let's figure it out. It's more like, well, she's definitely right, and there's nothing else going on other than her being right. I actually disagree. You think that I it's think it's already. a little more drawn out than it needs to be. That, I like, say it, was, say it was the dramatic thrust of the story was that Dr. Quace had been kidnapped or is missing. Okay. Right. Say that's the story. Right. Say that only Beverly is aware of this initially. All right. We are spending too much time on this television show right now yeah. going through this scenario. In the reality of the show, if Dr. Quace was missing, we would not be spending time talking about the duty roster, who's visiting, who gets told to whom, when. That wouldn't happen. Uh-huh. If it was really that case, and he was gone off the missing person or whatever, right. you would essentially have, well, why wasn't I informed of this? Uh, you, su- I submitted the request. You said yes. Like, that would happen to Worf immediately, uh-huh. and we'd get that part of the story out of the way. I did not receive that request, and then she'd be like, well, someone responded as you. Then we'd be on the tales of this hot mystery. I see. But what's happening right here is we're getting four scenes that are saying the same thing drawn out. Right. Instead of like, okay, this guy's record has been altered. Why? <laughs> but it is interesting because... You know, it's crazy. This is in her head. This is her reality that she's creating. So you could argue, Beverly, in addition to not being a competent doctor, is not a competent writer. Oh, no. 
That person's going to write in about what a good doctor she is. I actually have a, uh, a, a very Quakes. nice uh, email from hail from someone that I'm going to read later as we get further into it because I'm about to say some very unpalatable things about Beverly's character. Not about she Beverly, the regular crew who seems delightful. No, a friend of Dr. Crusher's. When did he arrive? Yesterday at 1600 hours. What was my watch? Negative, not on I paid this man on board? Yes, I was here to meet him. An elderly man, not in the best of health. I'm sorry. I, I remember you being here for a short while. But you were alone. But, what, was he invisible? Did I carry on a conversation with thin air? That's where it gets weird. Where you're like, why is that music playing? Why would she say, was I invisible, chief? Did she create oh, the music in her head? I think so. As I recall... You came in and you looked around for a few moments. I asked you, you said, if I could help you with anything. Uh, Chief Petty Officer O'Brien, you're I very handsome. My pleasure or something. And uh, I said, why, thank you. And uh, In fact, we could go to the tape. We're on a starship, <laughs> so like all of this. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Oh, that is so true. Well, there was no one else here. Freaks' hair looks fantastic she should be, in this episode. She should be more freaked out, I think. Interesting. She should be more freaked out because why would Chief O'Brien lie to her? Well, that's another weird leap of logic is now she's about to say he's lying. I can't believe that Chief O'Brien might be lying. Oh, she says might. She doesn't even say that. She doesn't even flat out say it because it's Star Trek and no one would do such a thing. <laughs> yes, that well, he is believes what he says. And how does he know? And immediately, right here, I'm like, oh, I I guess Marina Sirtis is not in this episode. Right, right, right. Because even in her reality, why wouldn't she just go to, to Deanna if, if she's creating this she reality? She comes into this story much so too late. So late! But also, like, is just a figment of Beverly's reality anyway, so what's the point? It's so weird. <laughs> Will, I didn't just conjure up one of my best friends from a test tube. Well, if the ship's records have been tampered with, the transporter records could have been changed as well. And with everybody coming and going yesterday, maybe O'Brien just doesn't remember. Or, or it might be a good idea to run a diagnostic on him. Yeah, he's a human being. You, you don't run diagnostics on humans. <laughs> you know, maybe you check him out, like give him a physical. I mean, Will, I, I think it might be time to reboot O'Brien. Should we run a type 3 diagnostic on O'Brien? I'd go type 1. Really? Yeah. All I'm right. taking O'Brien to the genius bar. What do you think? The try. Um, but that to me also is like in Beverly's head. By the this way. This is her reality. So we can rarely do we her. get the shot out of this. That's true. Head. It's very nice. Um, it was like the wharf is peeking in like What's happening? <laughs> a door open. I was not informed. <laughs> I should have been informed of any door opening. Have you guys got it? What's the uh, what's the time code? Because you should play that when you're looking at the time code for this. This is why I'd like to introduce the idea of doing live commentary tracks for these podcasts during it's the It's going Patreon. to be next month, and if you guys want to choose that over the Orville, then you can feel free. Yeah. He really doesn't want to do the Orville. I really don't. It's a, it's a fun show. I don't want to be forced to watch. This is a thing I Jesus like. Right, just say it out loud, everybody. I like to do this. I like to watch Star Trek. Why would I put something in there that I don't want to watch? Well, we got to give them something. Why did you all vote for it? No, it's get, they're getting what they voted for. I know, but because I'm a man of my words. Just all right. Here's but side point. I'm gonna, uh, side point. Yes. 
boo to all of your voters. Let's just talk this through for a second because there's also an element of like in in watching these, we obviously will only watch episodes that I've already seen, so you're limited to that. And then episodes you've already seen of what? Is, the Orville? No, of TNG. If we do commentary tracks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I guess I feel like isn't that something you want in the far future? You want that now? Isn't that like just sort of a little repeaty? Oh, it's a different experience entirely. There, because we're live commenting on the whole thing, and it only takes us forty-four minutes to do. As I said at the beginning, whatever you want. No, it's whatever they want. Well, that's Hence, true. Black Mirror, and now the Orville. Yeah. Thank you for at least letting me watch Iron Man. It was a long time ago. Without really guilted on this without week. Someone seen. Oh, so I just, there's also a super weird arrogance with Beverly in this episode where it's just like, huh, well, I know my brain is working correctly. Let me do a full diagnostic on O'Brien. <laughs> Chief, this examination should only take a few minutes. But I feel fine. Sit down. Doctor, it's no use checking my eyesight. I didn't see your friend. I'll be a little more comprehensive than that, Chief. Dr. Crusher to Dr. Hill. Respond, please. Oh, no. This is the saddest part coming up. Dr. Salar. Yay! Dr. Salar is going to come on. Computer, current whereabouts of Drs. Hill and Salar. There is no Dr. Hill or Dr. Salar. Holy crap! They got Dr. Salar! Dr. I like... Chief O'Brien's like, oh boy, she's really off her rocker. Have we seen Dr. Hill? His sigh. I don't know. Hill and Salar and four other members of my medical staff have all vanished. All record of their ever having been on the Enterprise has been excised from the computer's memory. Did they come on board with Dr. Quest? No. They've been on board for months. This does beg the question. Why are we watching this episode? What do you do when your chief medical officer goes... Not so insane. Yeah. Pretend you're in the reality of this Captain Picard. Okay. And right now he's listening to Beverly Crusher talk about people you've never heard of on your ship. Hill and Salar. He doesn't know anything about them. Right. Because they're never in this reality have never served on his ship. Right. Well, shit's gone down, obviously, I think, as you were indicating on this ship. So like crazy stuff and uh, realities and all that stuff. So I wouldn't mark it off immediately, but I definitely, the tenor of the conversation I would be having is, okay, everybody get into the conference room. We're going to talk about this and talk about different possibilities. Beverly, obviously, I'm going to have a different medical person do a full, you know, checkup on you and your brain. But in this reality, she's the only doctor. That's true, but there's no For one now, else with it, right? Yeah, I think. But my two duty nurses don't remember them. Their families don't even remember them. No, I got duty nurses. Duty nurses. Didn't remember Dr. Quaise. I checked O'Brien thoroughly. I found no physiological abnormalities. Crusher to Captain. There were pink moons, yellow stars, and rainbows. <laughs> oh, man. Are you saying that Chief really O'Brien scanned close to the fire and revealed the lucky charms? <laughs> This is Beverly Crusher's reality. Oh, that's true. She's the Come one. Come on, Andy. Yeah, she, she doesn't know from Irish. Sure, she's staring. She's staring. She's she's clearly, she only knows the people. She's clearly. Uh, she only her knows last the, name the is Bring Lloydy. What, what are their names? And she's a redhead. <laughs> sure. She knows nothing from these Irish. All right. 
Go ahead, Ensign. I'm in engineering, sir. There's something down here I think you'd better see. It may be connected to Dr. Quace's disappearance. On my way. You see, when I hold this blanket up in front of Dr. Quace, he disappears. <laughs> and then my dog is very confused and starts to bark. And then when I drop the blanket, <laughs> he's there. I think this blanket's connected, sir. Wesley. <laughs> Look at how I do my L cars. Progress number one. No one's seen him. The replicator in his quarters has not been used. Mr. Wall, just bitch Craig. Integrity for any sign of intruders. Yes, sir. But I have been closely monitoring all onboard sensors. There has been no indication that anything. Then give me a level one diagnostic of any onboard sensors, and run a manual sweep of any anomalous airborne or electromagnetic readings. One That's thousand. even in, in Beverly's mind. Although I Picard suppose Picard would still shut down Worf, even though he's a hundred percent right. But also in Beverly's mind, yes. Picard will move heaven and earth for her. That is true. Because she and him are in love but won't admit it. But that's a weird perspective for Beverly since it's so unrequited. They've known each other a long time. Uh-huh. They um, had that fun moment in the naked now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you guys remember that? See, if we were having... if. It- if this was if something similar was happening, and then you started to bark at people, we we have to listen to Andrew. Andy knows what he's talking about. And then I would immediately go, "Oh, this must be a warp bubble." <laughs> a static warp bubble. No, Andy's scene blow is right. <laughs> what? Doctor, may I see you in my ready room? Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I forgot what the hell's happening. Sick bay is totally empty. Apparently, I no longer have any staff. I want some Cheerios, but doctor, there is no such thing as Cheerios. Surprises me. I'll say it surprises me. There should be at least four members of my staff on duty at all times. I'm afraid ship's records do not concur, doctor. What are you talking about? You do not have a staff. You're telling me I'm the sole medical officer on a ship with over a thousand people on board. Excuse me, doctor. But the entire ship's complement is 230. What? By the way, yes. K.A. Fadden, I think, does a good job playing this script. I, I, particularly in the moment when she's, like, alone with Picard. I, I like that scene, yes. Actually, there are other scenes that but I like. Have. It's like, what else is she supposed to do as an actress here? Do you know what I mean? That's a good Wrap question. your head around it. Right. It's a very specific school of acting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please join us. <laughs> I don't want to teach today's class. <laughs> For those of you uh, who listen to the saucer section, Matt just pimped me. That's so true. <laughs> uh, oh, and don't think that there is a saucer section. We're just calling the first part of the podcast. That. All right. I know a lot of you have written just angry emails. Along. There are 453,982 uh, Facebook posts calling me uh, terrible for doing it. It was very long. Oh, one guy in there. I look at him. I look at Riker shooting I won't the say his guy. name, but one guy in the face group. Yeah. Dead to me. Oh, no. Which oh, one? I won't say who. Who could it be? Exactly. None of the regulars. Like. I'm cool with all our regs. Tasha Yard dead, where she might come along yeah, again in an episode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll play a hologram of him on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> or her. She really was getting the side eye there. 
I have no choice but to believe you. The safety of my entire crew is at stake, but I, I must be sure. That I haven't lost my mind? I just examined myself. And being the only doctor on board, I had to do it myself. And I'm not a great doctor. <laughs> there were no signs of dysfunction. Yes, there was an increased elevation of adrenaline, but I think that is understandable. Did you find anything that might suggest why you're apparently the only one among us unaffected by this... this phenomenon? Oh. No. So we skipped over... When they go down... When she goes down to the engine room, does Wesley then talk about the warp bubble stuff? I don't know. Because then that would have been in Beverly's fantasy that it was happening. Yes, this part is happening in Beverly's fantasy, right? She's there, yes. Oh, so here's another question I have. trying to improve engine efficiency. Kaczynski. Yeah, remember him. We remember him. But... Kaczynski was a fraud. Why is he talking about Kaczynski's equations when he knows it was all the traveler? And if you accept that this is just in Beverly's head, I think he says Kaczynski even after we're back in our reality. Because they were his. Kaczynski's yeah, but they were theory. bullshit. It was the traveler that was doing everything. Yeah, yeah, but they're just... he even says that he tried to get in touch with him, or was that in this with the made-up part? But what I'm saying is, like, I think it's just kind of like the name for those formulas. He says he tried to get in touch with that douchebag with fraud. The traveler. No, with Kaczynski. Doesn't he say he gets to try to get in touch with the traveler? Shield integrity for any sign of intruders. Yes, sir. But I. I've been experimenting with Kaczynski's warp field equations, trying to improve engine efficiency. They're not his warp I've field. I read your equations. reports. We did a test run while we were still at the starbase. Here's what the computer recorded. This is the static warp field we created inside the warp drive. The experiment was designed to see if we could keep a bubble like this intact. As you'll see in a moment, we couldn't. There was a momentary flash of light. It was all over the spectrum. I remember that. So she saw the flash of light. Right. I guess she knew that he was working on something with the warp field, So she, right. she knew to go down to engineering. So I would accept that she's thinking it's Kaczynski because she didn't know the whole story, Christ although I can't imagine that he wouldn't have said... If you were caught in it, yes, sir. Hey, all this stuff went happen like with the traveler. Where would he go? Who knows? He could even end up outside of our space-time continuum. Was Dr. Quace in engineering during your experiment? Dr. Quace! It's me! <laughs> the bubble never expanded beyond engineering. <laughs> it would be amazing <laughs> because it's all in Beverly's head. They were all just like, yes, and we have to do the warp thing with the blah 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 <laughs> No, sir. Then how could it have trapped We Dr. need Quest more gigajoules. What? There are others missing? Yes, and they weren't anywhere near engineering. Let this rod for a second. I just want to see if he says... Doesn't make sense. I doubt that a warp bubble could alter computer records or erase memories. Keep at it, Ensign, Miss LaForge. It's our only working theory for now. Okay, then I think it's in the later scene that's in our reality that... If you could skip to that when they're in the engineering... In the engineering. When, uh... When um, Wesley says, I contacted Kaczynski. To get a hold of the Traveler. Oh, is that it? That wouldn't it be? Uh, that makes more sense. And you got to remember, while the end of this episode was playing, I was yelling at the television. Right. You had the Red Sox game. Wesley? Yeah? I'm in here, Mom. Mom? Oh, pretty close. Are you all right? 
No. Do you know that I figured out what all these buttons do? You don't believe me. I don't have time to convince you. Hundreds of people are now missing, and your experiment is the only possible explanation we have that we can work on right now. Well, there it is. I don't know what else to do with it. Then find someone who does, someone who knows something about about warp bubbles. I've already talked to Gazinski uh, in right. subspace, and he can't explain it. So that's it still either. her imagination. And this is based on his equations. There is someone who may be able to help, but I can't reach him. Who? He was Kaczynski's assistant. He was an alien from Tau Alpha C. He said he was some kind of traveler. Somehow he combined warp technology and the energy from his own thoughts. So this yes, means that Wesley never really told her about the traveler other than very vaguely. You know what this tells me? They this have tells a bad me that, relationship. No, no, that she read a ship's report of what happened at that point. Because I believe uh-huh. she was not on the show. In the second season. Oh, was that? No, this was before that, wasn't it? Wasn't that the first season? Well, I don't know. I think it was it was the first season. You know who does know? Everybody else listening. The internet. And you. So, anyway. Wesley. What was that episode called where no man has gone before? Sure. Accidentally recreated something that he did. Something that could alter reality. I don't see how. He's the only one who could explain it to yeah, us. Yeah, it's Biff Yeager's in it. Come on. It's first season. Maybe the captain can help us. We've got to find So she was there. So I, I think that she just read a ship's report and sort of, you know. You know, like when you're trying to read room notes from the day before? <laughs> sure. And you're like, eh, I think I got it. He's still alive. <laughs> That's what she did with that report. Pretty sick. Well, we can't stand around here. Well, I was nothing. right. I was. I said it was no it man had gone before. It was no one had gone before. Andy Secunda, I, I you did it. Be. I'm really becoming a TNG expert here. The Star Trek: The Next Generation. Secundus. I can't wait until I have my own podcast about <laughs> where I have somebody else who's watching it for the first time. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine that if this podcast just begot another <laughs> podcast that was you, grumpy you with, sure with the. Uh, front-facing, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed other person? Um, I just came upon the uh, the phrase, then she sees her pet cat and is back on the colony where she grew up, trying to avoid a rape gang. Um, oh, Tasha Yar, where have you been? Good old Tasha Yar. Wait, what was I looking Wesley? up? The Traveler. You found what you were looking up. Oh, yeah, so it's season one. Yeah. yeah. You found it a long time ago. Yeah, you, you kept did. reading. The sixth episode. This scene, I like. I like this performance. I think this. Sections of a Will Riker, your first officer. This in particular is the scene I don't like. Oh, this actually is the scene I like because I don't I know don't, how I else do she not would put act. this on Gates McFadden though. I put. The, I think she. You're right. I think the performance. If that you're basically saying the performance. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Performance, a hundred percent. I think you're. Yeah. You're absolutely right in terms of the writing. Well, this is where this is where we get into it, and I don't know if I should just read this this hail now because I'm going to start uh, really uh, really saying something about the characterization of Beverly. She is this lady was in charge of Starfleet Medical. She understands that something is going on, and she's like having a meltdown in this scene. Like, why would you list off all this stuff? About these people, that's clearly not think, the issue. It's not going to help think, anything. Um, get to business. There is Fucking no business for her to get to. Her son is it. gone. She, 
I think she's... she was in charge of Starfleet Medical. If you're that you reach that level in a in a, in a world that's that efficient and professional, and you will the only you one will left of the ship. It, but if you're really gonna let it rattle you that much that you're not gonna get to business, I think, I think this is okay characterization. I think this is sort of what would happen to this person, and I think that that's almost the case for anybody, but maybe Jordy. Like I read it, like, you know, but you know, we will see all of them go mad in an episode. You uh, know, like they they will each have this moment, Andy, throughout the series. Okay, and where they're in a warp bubble, not that they're in a warp bubble, but like where they're sort of like the only one who thinks they know what the hell's happening. Uh huh. And um, eh, do they each have it? Yeah, whatever. Point is, I don't have a problem with the characterization. I don't like. Th- I don't think she's acting out of the character established for Beverly Crusher. I don't know that I disagree with that. I think that is... I'm just saying this is the issue I have with the characterization of Beverly Crusher. Um, Is that, from my mind, all the things that we are told about her and her competence and her position and everything else do not mesh with this behavior that the writers are imposing on her. And it's... Let me just... Let me just, uh, I think we have an incoming message. Captain, incoming message. Incoming message. Thank you, Worf. Um, so I'm just going to read this because it's it's contrary to my perspective. Um, but I think it's, uh, it's an appropriate thing to read in my ongoing uh, dissection of the Beverly Crusher character. It's from Audrey Liddy. And it says, hi, Andy. Uh, thank you for awarding. This was after our brother's episode. Thank you for awarding Dr. Crusher, uh, the MVC for the brother's episode. This may have been a concession to those who were expressing their frustrations with some of your theories on the face group page, but I thank you nonetheless. While I appreciate some of your theories and some of them do hold a grain of truth, I feel like I should explain why I get tired of your constant bashing of Dr. Crusher. For those of us who grew up with TNG or at least encountered it as young women, Dr. Crusher was one of two regular female characters that all women, but especially young girls, could look up to. She is smart, beautiful, and has actual responsibilities as part of the crew. I think think Dr. Pawlowski was a better doctor. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I think she's also smart and beautiful. Come at me. She is the only one who can really, uh, and so is Dr. Salar. Uh, she's the only one. <laughs> well, she's a Vulcan. Of course she's smart. Who can really challenge the captain, and she is not afraid to express her opinion. She is That That I definitely agree with, that she is. She is well, that's stands also, up to Picard. I think that's the great tradition of Starfleet doctors. I agree. As fictionalized by, and the universe continue. She is a leader. I don't know if I agree with that. And she connects well with the crew. But this, for this, she is coming at it as someone who watched all of it. You're only going by what you've seen. Oh, interesting. So you feel like the characterization improves over time. We certainly discover more and see her in more situations that are emergencies, that are her having to take command, that are her having to, like, do... do when you say in this scene that the characterization is accurate to Beverly Crusher, to me that reads as it is accurate to someone who would fall apart in a crisis situation. This is more than a crisis situation. This is a break with reality, as she interprets it. She is she is asking the question, am I going crazy? And, and that's I why think, you say you think Jordy is the only one who would be... I think that sort of, who would sort of find the like, science look at of the it math quicker. of it, right. Than this, but well, the, Wesley would. Wesley does. 
Well, Wes is on the other side of this. Well, Wes does on the other side of this. I'm saying. I also don't know what Wesley did in the meantime. Well, that's true. Wesley, how long did it take him to figure out his mom was gone? He might have put it there. Yeah, how long did it take anyone to figure out his mom was gone? a little too long. Um, anyway, let me finish this letter. What, uh, if, what if it's Dr. Quace who's, who's having the same situation on the other side of this where he's like, Beverly, Crusher, she's the medical officer. She I brought really, me on board. Sir, we have no record of a Beverly Crusher. You know what I was thinking? What is was happening? Going, what I was thinking was going the direction of, particularly also because it's called Remember Me. But the Irishman dropped me. Be bring me on board with her. Uh, I was thinking it was going to be something like where he there was some science, scientific uh, explanation for why he it's sort of like almost like a, a science breakdown of a soul and he implanted himself in her brain to you know make her remember him and then something went wrong something like that. It's a worse episode. I can accept but at that. some point, I bet that was the story. Anyway, uh, she is... Uh, actually, there was another story, and I can read that. Uh, she is the only one who can really challenge the captain. She is not afraid to express her opinion. She is a leader. She connects well with the crew. She even gets a turn at commanding the ship. 30 years on... Oh, that's what I said. See, she's coming at it with the entire breath of Beverly sure, Crusher's career. which is obviously... I can't, I can't speak to that. We can really look back and see how awfully these female characters were written, but despite the lack of real substance given to both Dr. Crusher and Deanna Troy... Uh, we were able to bond with these characters and understand that there was much more to them than what was scripted. When you continually bash the two female characters, it gets tiresome because these are the women I looked up to and connected with during my awkward teenage years. Oh, I, I, I take umbrage with the fact that she thinks that we're bashing them. That we is are directing it at the writing. That is the difficulty. Oh, well, here she goes. I know you are criticizing the writing and not the actual oh, characters. Thanks for being actually in a live conversation with me, person. And I remind myself of that, but I wanted you to know where I'm coming from. And then she adds, I do love the podcast. I love your thoughts, banter, bashing, not just of Dr. Crusher uh, and foibles. I am also a BSG fan, so I do support you on that one. Keep up the good work, guys. So she addresses pretty much everything that we would have said and you even did say back to her but I don't know how to I don't know how to come at this because to me I'm looking at this I'm on your side I want that character to be something different than what is presented as and I understand from a nostalgia perspective uh, and a perspective of someone who influenced you in a positive way you know it's like when Buena Vista Social Club came out and I was like oh other Cuban people uh, it meant a lot <laughs> But where it was going. But going, you know, uh, looking back at it now, sure, uh, it's a caricature of Cubans. Uh huh. How do you feel about uh, Scarface? That's a hundred percent real. Yeah, all of that. That's how we are. Man, that messed me up when I was a kid. You probably shouldn't have watched it when you were a kid. I saw it when I was a kid too. Um, yeah, I don't look. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. I think I can't pull you know back this on is? saying what I think, and this is what I think. But I will accept. No, don't pull back on that, Beverly Crusher. If you feel something in your body, say it to the world. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. I could be wrong, but I feel like Uhura was presented more fairly Rewatch as a female character. Oh yeah, no, it's been a while. Rewatch it. Okay. Like I mean. It's everything has their problems. There's no right or wrong. That's not true. There is a right or wrong. <laughs> Guess what I'm saying is Andy's right. Everyone else is wrong. Andy's looking for a sound cue. <laughs> <laughs> 
no, I mean, Melissa, look, something for Andy's, is right. It no, is, I don't uh, know if I have one. You made. Oh, here's here's one for Andy's wrong. There's no Andy is right one. <laughs> oh, sorry about that, buddy. Hmm, I don't know. What are you thinking of? I'm just thinking of like, are we fair to everybody on the show? The characters? Here's the problem. I think that the two most poorly drawn out characters are Crusher and Troy. Right. And to some degree, Wesley is sort of just thrown in there. But I think as you see in this episode, I think Wesley really has, in my mind, as the, as the outside viewer, has evolved. I think that he, both as an actor, is more to this comfortable point. and he's relaxed. More adult-sized. Very good at playing poker. And I think Loves he's more he, he, he listens to jazz music, organically woven into the plot. I can't find now. any evidence of a Will Riker. Commander Data, the android who sits in ops, dreams of being human, never gets the punchline of a joke. Doctor. Like, Why? We'll be arriving at Starbase 133 in a few hours. Deanna Troy, your ship's counselor, half-betazoid, loves chocolate. I mean, why? This scene is here for she is trying to trip his memory. She thinks that there is some chance that he is just not remembering them. That's, that's why the episode is called Remember Me. That's a Me. crazy theory. That's not a crazy... Th- I I'm not saying that's a crazy theory that's from you. Happening. I'm saying... No, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that is what she's doing. But that's an insane thing for a person who is that high level a medical expert to, like, that's her plan. It should be all, all right, you're the last, I mean, eventually, it also, her solution is, uh, I'm going to have the computer track your, 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 you know, physiology. That's your solution of all of the medical technology at your disposal. That's what they should have done. What's the other solution? They, I, they should have come what up should with she do? a medical solution to the problem that led her to the way out. What is the medical solution to get They would have had to write toward that. They wrote it so that the only people who could solve it were Jordy and Wesley in another dimension. They wrote it so that the only person that could solve it was a guest actor from season one. (laughs) Well, that's a separate issue. Who will be back in season six. Let me read what the original thing was. Or seven? Huh? Or five. I forget which season he comes back. Um, I can tell you. The Traveler's coming back, Andy. This isn't the last time you're going to see him. Whatevs. Um... I had it all set up, but now it's gone. Here it is. Um, so the original plot, the Traveler was added at the last minute, according to Michael Piller. The first two drafts did not have the Traveler in it. The first draft ended with the realization of what had happened turning out to be a dream episode, which makes sense. That's how it feels most of the time. We didn't find that satisfying. Good for you guys. So we decided at the end of the act of Act 3 to pull everything from the first 60 pages into the first three acts and tell the audience what's going on on the other side of the warp bubble and how they're trying to get Beverly back. We spend the next two acts deciding how to get her back. At the beginning of the year, we said we wanted to bring the Traveler back for something, so why not use him in this episode to help Beverly back? And then director Cliff Bowl commented, they added him because he's big at the conventions. He was just a (laughs) walk-on. Here's another interesting thing. I'm sorry, I'm just reading from Memory Alpha now, but Gates did all her own stunts for the Vortex effects, and then shortly after performing the stunt, where she is thrown from Data's ops console chair, McFadden learned she was pregnant. Well, she probably shouldn't have thrown herself around like that. No, so don't have Dory do her own stunts for a little bit. Well, every time I come home, she is getting 
sucked out of the view screen. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, but anyway, so you so it was supposed to be a dream episode. Then they changed it, and when they changed it, and this is my problem with the writing and the characterization, not with the lovely and intelligent Beverly Crusher as we are meant to believe she is. Beverly's kind of not a great doctor. The, the problem is they put the solution in the hands of her son and Jordy outside of the reality she was experiencing. Well, I just don't know how she's going to arrive at it herself. That's They should have written to that. Yeah. I agree with you. The way they set it up, they, she couldn't have, which in some ways is the perfect metaphor for the patriarchy imposing its will on this poor character. See how I turned it around? So Podcast I was is uh, officially over. <laughs> I was really I was on the ropes for a little while because I was taking shots of Beverly, and then I made myself the hero. Wesley, my son. They all have been the living, breathing heart of this crew for over three years. They deserve more than to be shrugged off, brushed aside, just pinched out of existence like that. It is a good performance. They all do. They deserve so much more. It's a good performance from Patrick Stewart, too, as always. But it's kind of funny to be playing a character that's in the figment of another character's imagination. Perhaps it would be best if you were to confine yourself to sickbay until we arrive. (laughs) It's all perfectly logical to you, isn't it? The two of us roaming about the galaxy in the flagship of the Federation. No crew at all. We've never needed a crew before. <sighs> this I find suspect. I don't suppose you remember <laughs> an alien from Tau Alpha C who was on board once. He called himself a traveler. We've never had anyone on board. Luke, I don't know how, but you and... Except for Dr. Coin. What's his name? Quace. Have got to find this. Did you make him Dr. Quint? From his race. <laughs> Medical woman. Dr. Quint. When we arrive at the star base, wanted us to roam the galaxy hunting sharks. He's a shark doctor, Dr. Quint. We have to find him. Medicine woman? This is not a Jaws man. It's hmm. not a delusion. You got your 25 it's bucks worth now. There is a they sent us a $25 PayPal after the fact. I said, I can't read it. Matt will kill me. But now you did. You got an extra Perhaps plug, guys. Jaws Minute? You know they want you to appear. I'm supposed to appear on it. Wait, like what? The There's a Jaws Minute? Oh, we yeah. And then I said, what is the minute? It will happen. What is the minute that, uh, yeah, Silva was on? Right. Did they reply to that? Are they way past that section of the po- of the show? Of know. the movie? They might not be caught up to us. Oh, God. Why can't people just listen to everything whenever it comes out? <laughs> All right. Computer, continue scan. Scan. Captain Jean-Luc Picard, vital signs. Audible readout. Begin now. Body temperature, 37.2. I promise you I will continue to do whatever I can to find out what's happening and to bring you all back. Blood pressure, 122 over... That's a weird one. I'm sorry I lost my temper. You do remember that. Vividly. Do you think in this reality they hooked up? I have forgotten my closest friends and comrades, as you say... And I deserved every word. For quite some time, I've been meaning to say something to you. I might not have another chance. Jean-Luc, you and I... By the way, also writing-wise, I guess they would have they revealed it. But I think this would have been a good time to reveal it. 
they should have just had them kiss here. Give the people that want that ship Beverly and uh, and uh, Picard their moment, and then it would have wouldn't have affected anything. Mm. Oh, like that? What that was a copy of him in the yeah, other so it's episode? Just in their imagination. By the way, every time someone disappears, it really feels comical. I won't well, because they play the silly music. Also, they have a, a giant close-up of her going like, oh. It's not over, Wesley. What? He's big at conventions. There's still a way. It's the guy who's big at conventions. I wonder if it was intentional. <laughs> what a weird way so for weird. them to have written this guy in. So weird. Wesley and Jordy think that Beverly Crusher has died. Then we hear a voice. Yep. It's not over, Wesley. There's still a way. I think this guy's name is Eric Men- Menyuk. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that. That's and his music. It, That's the Eric Menyuk music. It's been four seasons, and this guy is not any less creepy with uh, <laughs> with Wesley. <laughs> He is alive. What the hell does that mean? Your species have very narrow perceptions of time and space and thought. When Beverly Crusher was caught in the static warp bubble, she created her own reality. Her thoughts, at the precise moment she was trapped, determined its shape and form. Can you go in and get her back? What if she was, like, really hungry? (laughs) No. We should just have that sound cue. Traveler just saying no to us. <laughs> no. It is her reality. I cannot enter it any more than I can enter her thoughts. I can um, only enter Wesley's we, thoughts. She, she, right. The lady across the table from me, she can enter people's thoughts. Should we use her somehow? No. We shall solve this in engineering. High five, boys. Yuck. But you said there's still a way. What do we have to I can help. Because he's super creepy at roughly 39.30. I don't have the exact time. We're code. at 30. It's 34. Jump ahead. 34.50. Go to that. wanna go. go Andy, it's your show too. 34.50. You can't stabilize the link. Of course not. Look the equations are only the first step. Once again, he's standing we super close. We will be close. going beyond mathematics. Just and tell me what I have to do. Weird. We are going to statistics. What? That is math. Geometry. Also math. Keep playing it. Begin by letting go of your guilt, Wesley. It's my fault. I shouldn't have tried. Focus on the present. You will have to be here completely to help her back. He's so standing so close. You must open yourself to time and space and the intricate threads that bind them. Begin entering your warp field. It's like they're writing to something, Andy, that we'll eventually see, but we're not going to see it anytime soon. Now close your eyes. Someday, guys. Andy will have seen all of Star Trek. Someday. But until then, he's going to need me as his traveler. See past the numbers, man. Andrew, see past the performances. I can't. Look, this guy was in uh, Cheers, by the way. When the time Look comes, you will deeply. Wesley. You will. Past the performances. This is the Enterprise. To the script, which is also not great. 
Starbase 133, this is the Enterprise. Please acknowledge. Her reality, also the Starbase, and people. all of the universe. Everything disappears. is disappearing. Computer, what is that mist I'm seeing? Sensors indicate it to be a mass energy field 705 meters in diameter. It surrounds the ship. Affirmative. I like that her sensors still work in her reality. And the computer does too. There's nothing wrong with me. Maybe there's something wrong with the universe. Negative. Computer. What is beyond the mass energy field? Sensors cannot penetrate the field. Send a probe. <laughs> Here's a question you shouldn't be able to answer. Computer, what Does Picard is the love nature me? of the universe? The universe is a spheroid region 705 meters in diameter. Who built the Enterprise? Leah Brahms. I mean, she does start. She does figure it out. Does she fully? Yeah, I guess she does. She does figure it out. But she doesn't use it. She just runs down to engineering. That's the solution. But she figures out that she's in a warp field. She remembers so Wesley's experiment. So why not experiment. give her the extra step? But she has the extra step. She figures this out. But she doesn't solve it. On the other side, they're also trying to solve it. Yeah, but they do the they do the thing that opens the the gate. She doesn't open the gate. She just she just goes down to engineering and and lets them rescue her. Boy, if I had seen the end of this episode, I would have stopped you from looking like an ass. What do you mean? But I hadn't seen the end of this episode in so long. She solves this. She doesn't solve anything. She solves it on this. She puts it all together. But she doesn't save herself. Who the hell else would have figured out they're in a static warp bubble? There. Wesley, Jordy, any other member of the crew? There Disagree. it is. They probably would have done it in the first act. This is much later. All she does is go down Moving to engineering. Into now. There's your warp bubble, Wesley. It's all on Wesley. Wesley saves his mom. What? What's wrong? It is collapsing. They made his makeup shinier, FYI. I think he probably brought this up last time, but also this guy who's the traveler was... Uh, do you know something big? Uh, I think you do. He's... This is, uh, this is what is He's in Cheers, and you're going to say what? He was in Cheers. Our hourly bread. Uh, that's so long. Larry the Mailman. There's um, 11 seasons of Cheers. Um, they shot on the same lot. A lot of the same casting people. Crossovers are bound to happen. I don't know everybody, Andy. I'm and that's really not to you. That's more to the audience. Okay. Um, my point was going to be he was uh, originally... It was down to him and Brent Spiner for Data. Oh, well, I can tell you right now, they chose <laughs> Did you the right? poorly. What? No, they didn't. Could you imagine Brent Spiner right now as the traveler? It'd be oh, great. God. A flaw in the ship's design. Show me. Analysis. 
No ship structures exist forward of bulkhead 342. That's pretty awesome. Superimpose previous image over this one, same scale, and continue to monitor. It's collapsing. Hull integrity now compromised on decks 3 through 15. Computer, how long can life support be maintained? 4 minutes and 17 seconds. Captain, also, we have reestablished exact coordinates and attitude. Jordy, we're in position. Your status. The warp bubble is contracting at a rate of 15 meters per second. We're going to lose it in about four minutes. Based on what the traveler is saying, if she somehow willed herself to believe that she that everything was going to be okay and she didn't have four minutes and 17 seconds, then it'd be fine. But the so, bubble's collapsing. So she, I doesn't, think her reality, she doesn't really figure it out. Well, her anyway. reality would exist. Let's say that in the moment she wasn't thinking of anything particularly upsetting. Okay. And her life continued. She saw Dr. Quaints, so yeah. on and so forth. Quace. Quace. What would be happening, though, right, would be this part is still would still be happening. The universe would be collapsing in on itself. She wouldn't be alone. Uh-huh. She'd have a ship full of people she made up in her head. Sure. She'd probably be busy in sickbay right now. Okay. But the field would still be collapsing. You know what it, I mean? It would be. It's an external thing that is happening, independent yeah. of her right. her point of view. Or Seemingly so. Why they, that's why they went to the same exact position and attitude. Well, I didn't know if that was just to open the gate or something. But he seems to be implying, the Traveler seemed to be implying earlier that it was her mental state that was creating it. So, I don't know. But it seems to be warp, Wesley's warp field that's yeah, it does ruining like it. It's also external. Okay. Well, whatever the case. Maybe somebody will have an opinion that'll write in. No, no one who listens to this show has an opinion. You just didn't see how many people come at me this week about Beverly. Ready, command. Oh, I better text Will back and say his uh, Elkar's button hitting in this scene not great. <laughs> I don't believe it. He's not even looking. What a silly Billy. Let it go. What do you mean? He's in a trance. He's in a genius trance. Let go of the anticipation, the expectations. Coming around, he was touching his shoulders. Let it all go, leave it behind. Yes, the ability is there inside of you. You do not need to look for it. Three minutes, 30 seconds to life support failure. The traveler used his thoughts to alter warp fields. She's putting it all together. This, this I do like a little Thoughts bit better. Reality. I like that she's going no, through it step by step. Could my thoughts have changed this reality? She has put it all together. Then why? Come on, Beverly. Doesn't she just step? change her thoughts? Because it's only the thought in the instant the field was created. Uh huh. That's what the traveler just said. Okay. Andy, pay more attention to the thing that we're all paying attention oh, to for the first time. <laughs> what was I thinking? I haven't seen the end of this. Uh-huh. So I'm just going by what you're telling me. And all yet right, we'll what see if I'm, I'm right. seeing is not what you're telling me. You're saying that she's putting it together. She and is I putting it together. I agree with yeah. that. I agree with that. She's figured it out. The moment Wesley's Great. Like Let's see her save herself. She literally figures it all out. Great. Oh, she has no control over that. That's an external force. Oh, no, 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 Matt. Your point is that she figured it all out, and that implies that all my points are wrong. No, I'm saying that she literally figured out the entire problem. 
but the problem is that she's also in a can that's getting crushed. And so what is my overall point? What is the major point that I'm trying to make? She uses nothing medical that's, to solve that's the problem. That's one of the writing suggestions I have for a solution to giving her power well, over uns- solving her own problem. Right. But if you throw... You're correct in that she exter- she is saved by Wesley and the Traveler because the warp field is saved by Wesley and the Traveler from collapsing fully. Yes. I think. I Again, I don't remember the well, exact end of the episode. Go forward. Flash and engineering. That's when it started. That's when... I started losing everybody. My thoughts created this universe. Can they get me out of it again? That information is not available. I'm not talking to you. Click my heels together three times and I'm back in Kansas. Can it be that simple? That's what I was asking. You're the one who's seen the end of this. I know, but it's not. Maybe it is. Is the thing she's thinking, oh, I'm thinking I'm going to be saved by them, and therefore I am saved by them. Follow-up to that. Does one not depend on the other? Not depend on the other? What I'm saying is, like, do Wesley... Here's my question. And again, we're going to have to watch the end of this. Uh, Guys... It was the ninth inning, ALCS. I hadn't watched the episodes. I started watching most of the episode. Uh, Follow up. I'm talking to the audience, Andy. You were here. You know what happened. I do. Red Sox won, but they didn't make it easy. I got very angry. You sure did. At the TV. But then I got very happy. I and we to- came in here and we had to start the show. And I didn't get a chance to watch the last probably two acts of this episode. So everything Andy said. I had to agree because I hadn't seen it. I don't remember you agreeing with me. I just remember you not objecting as vocally as you usually do, as you're doing now. But why don't we watch the end, and then we'll see where we stand. But I guess what I, my presupposition was, what if Wesley and yes. the Traveler think they're doing it, but it really is, again... Beverly creating it. Yeah. Yeah, that that would... If that is the implied reality, then I, I stand corrected. Describe this threshold. Negative. There are no known practical applications of this theory. Extrapolate from theoretical database. How would it manifest itself? A dynamic atmospheric disturbance of great intensity. This has to be all of her. Disturbance. Sure. So she is saying, so she has now put together, I mean, again, I don't know how much of the thought you're giving is, is she the computer in this reality? What is it? Is this really her generating everything? I think that's what's implied. Okay. So she literally just came up with the theory that the other side of the warp bubble, uh-huh. the other side of reality, yes, would manifest itself as an environmental thing. So she now knows that that thing she was running away from uh-huh. is the thing she should, should she should be running towards, right? That's right. what she just figured out. The vortex. Right. They must have been trying to reach me. But how do I find it? Where do I go? Doesn't that help not imply me. that it's someone else who's helping her? Like when she says, help me, where do I go? I gotta say, she figured out a lot more of this than I thought she did. 
They've been trying to create a stable threshold. Where are they trying to do it? Where did they do it the first time? Engineering. One minute, 30 seconds to life support failure. Engineering. Failure in turboshaft four. Unable to proceed to main engineering. Just take me anywhere on deck 36. The lights were just going up. I did notice that. Maybe that's how Beverly thinks the lights um, go. <laughs> Mr. LaForge, what's happening to these two people? Why are they disappearing? Should I not be here? You're pregnant. Shh. I gotta say. Beverly. All right, this is it. Jean Luc. You stand by your. Yeah, I don't. Your reversal. Think it's as. Wait, reversal of what? Uh, I don't know. You stand by your opinion that she is. Do I have you to thank for getting me back? No. Do I have you to thank for getting you back? No, Wesley. I guess they opened the door, but she figured it all out. I, and had they not been there opening the door, she'd be dead. That's my point. But she does figure out exactly what's happening and knows what to do. Jean-Luc, if I might ask, how many people mm. are there on board? 1,014, including your guest, Dr. Quiz. <gasps> Is there something wrong with that count, Doc? No. That's the exact number there should be. I accept what you're saying, but I will say this. It takes her a long-ass time to get to the well, point where they, she's like, okay, let me methodically go through this and figure it out. And I, that wouldn't bother me so much if all the choices that were leading up to that were so weird and, and out of left field and not not as medically driven as they should have been. She should have been playing to her strength. But I also say, just writing-wise... It should have been put in her wheelhouse. It should have been shouldn't have been a a physics or an engineering solution. It should have been a, a biomedical solution. It's not a good episode, right? <laughs> but we're in agreement on that. That is the fact. The fact that they shoved sixty pages into the first three acts, and yet the first three acts feel like nothing is happening. That's a really good point. Is fucking insane. Yeah, that story was in trouble from the get go. Yeah, uh, and then to add this stuff with the traveler to bring him back. Look, I get the idea of not doing a dream episode. That just seems silly. But also, to that point, like, all right, make it a warp bubble. I, I just think there might have been some narrative trouble with... Part of me did like that we didn't see the outside, the real world until later. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I don't mind that. But that's very un-Star Trek-like. What? That we're not in on the everything that's going on the been on the other side to help i don't mind that that delay in the reveal i just wish that there had been more satisfying progression prior to that um i think the reality of it is Michael we have Pillow a problem with the first three acts rick berman said that was a very interesting high concept episode i thought it was 
possibly a little bit overly confusing. You're fooling the audience a little, and I don't like to do that. They were uh, looking at one world when, in fact, we were dealing with parallel universes, and that was potentially confusing. Yeah, I think we should have been let in on that also. Um, I think really? it'd be a more interesting I liked, episode. I like the mystery episode where somebody's freaking out. I think yeah, I just didn't. Yeah, but it, nothing is happening. That's the problem. There's no immediate danger. I mean, yes, the people are disappearing, but it just doesn't seem like. You might as well hit the Andy's theme because this is what we're doing. Is we're reviewing the entire episode right now. Okay. Oh wait, MVC. Sorry. Right, MVC. Then the Andy's. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> This is weird. I think that Andy's going to give it to Riker Um, for being so cool with his hair this week. Um... Instinct is to give it to Wesley. Wesley does cause the he causes the problem. problem in the first place. The traveler ultimately he's not a member of the crew. Lets him know what's what. I think I have to give it to Wesley because Wesley's the one that saves his mother. Beverly doesn't. I mean, if you say she figured the problem it out and therefore that, saved herself, no, she just saved she herself. She didn't save herself. She, she did. She didn't. She didn't. It's a weird episode because, like, the real the reality of the problem is here's the the problem of the show. Really, the problem of Star Trek, our version of Star Trek, the Star Trek I want to be seeing, is a version which Beverly Crusher has disappeared, and the crew is trying to figure out what happened. That's the episode I'd much rather be watching. I don't mind this being I, I, the it's episode a swing and a miss. They I couldn't do it. They didn't do it right. Well, that's right. They didn't pull it off. That's the problem. The concept I don't have a problem with. I don't but have a problem I'm, with that she's suddenly in another universe of her own creation. I think or we'd need a weird either, parallel universe. We'd either need another person in there with her. Someone to play off of. You know, like when Ensign Rowe and Jordy Never mind. <laughs> never mind. You'll get there. Ooh, that sounds great. Um but you need another person to have the conversation with. Well, because, you know, like the fact that she just is she can't talk to anybody without thinking she's insane. Well, you know what would have been better is if if, they, if you do it that way, right? And whoever it is, say it's Wesley or Jordy or whoever, and then at some point that person disappears also. So that was also just a figment of her imagination. So you think, oh, the, the two people are trapped in the thing and they can kind of be sounding boards for each other and it's just her talking to herself and then that person disappears too. That would have hit you much harder. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. It's definitely a hugely flawed episode. Yeah. So. Who do you give the MVC to? I'm giving mine to Wesley. I mean, I'm going to give the LVC to Jordy LaForge for letting Wesley try that on his goddamn warp core. He really created a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, we don't do an LVC. We should. I think the MVC of this episode is probably... Dr. Salar. <laughs> there you go. You I'm got giving me it to Dr. You. Salar. That is going to drive people insane. Why are you giving it to Dr. Salar? 
you know, because it was just nice to be reminded that she was a character. <laughs> oh, I agree with that. I like all the passion she brings to the table. You can't. These people, they take it seriously. You got to give them your real no, choice. Don't. Yes, they do. Don't. This is a foolish thing. Oh, give them a real MVC, Matt. I, I'm giving two MVCs. Okay. Beverly Crusher and Wesley Crusher. Beverly Crusher for the ship in her reality and Wesley Crusher for his reality. There were two realities we were forced to watch the entire episode. What, do you, what did One the Beverly reality... was Beverly's reality at stake, right? Beverly is in her reality, uh-huh. and she figures out how to get out of it and saving herself. All right. Wesley is in his reality where he made his mom disappear in engineering. See, and, I, he, and he gets his mom back. I argue against that because I feel like she was only saving herself. She wasn't helping anyone else. But nonetheless, I accept that reasoning. No, no, no. She was trying to save everyone's memory. Remember? She's like, I won't she forget them. She was trying to save everyone. I that is won't true. Forget them. It's an interesting question. But isn't everybody always trying to save everybody? Look, I, I'm gonna. I'm splitting it down. I'm giving it a double crusher. A DC. All right. I'm giving it a single crusher. Double Brad. crush. Brad Arrington figured out how you like. How many Andy's does this episode get? <laughs> Four. Whoa. That I is was guessing high. you. That wasn't me. Oh. I uh, know. I'm going lower. I'm giving it like. I love that scene with uh, w- with Wes and, uh, and Jordy at the beginning. Um, I-, I think Gates McFadden does do a fine job in this episode. And I appreciate the attempt to do a different conceptual episode. Um, I'll give it a two and a half. If I gave uh, Suddenly Human a two or oh, did two I and give a half it a last week, I'm yeah. giving it a three. I'm giving this one a three because it has a few more watchable moments. Yeah, I, I concur with that. Seems and, you know, the see. Traveler. Ugh. Who, I got to say, convention favorite. I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of angry mail this, this week, pal. From the convention? Not from that, the, from the Traveler? The, uh, the Traveler, I think, most of all. Oh, boy. Uh, I think I'm Buddy, stuff. it's okay. You're not going to... I'm talking to the Traveler right now. Don't take it personally. You must feel the numbers, Wesley. Also, put your fingers on this button pad touch, here. Touch it. Now just go ahead and... Stand close. Don't even look at it. Stand close. Don't even look at it, because you know you can't do anything just if your eyes are your open. Eyes. Are we... Give this episode a final goodbye by watching the trailer for next week. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thanks, Traveler. Thanks. Thanks, Traveler. I can only imagine what that's going to sound like once everything's boosted and normalized. <laughs> where our whispering is going to be very, very Static. loud. Um, so next week is... It's not Birthright. It's Legacy, maybe, I think is the name of it. Yeah, it's Legacy. Uh, great. Guess what, Andy? What, pal? If you have missed planets where all kinds of horrible gangs are running around and you had a childhood cat, if you missed that place, we're going to visit it next week, Andy. Here we go. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. A shocking discovery on a forgotten planet. A mysterious link to the past captivates the crew. I'm Tasha's sister. Tasha, <gasps> comrade in distress. 
It's not how I intend to die. Or murderous in disguise. Her loyalties are clearly divided, Captain. Find out who the real Shara Yar is on Star Trek. Oh, I love it. I'm into it. Mm. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, it's all. It's one of those. Uh, to me, it's one of those fugitive move. One of those fugitive episodes that I'm just like tired of the premise. Right. Again, that's my memory of it. I guess we'll see. Guys, I'm going to do my best during the week to remember all of you, um, so you won't be forgotten. You know, the the two thirds of you that disappeared when we did the saucer section episode. Uh, that's on me for not remembering you. <laughs> A lot of things to like and to dislike in this particular episode of our show. And certainly the length is one of those things to like or dislike. Andy, Matt? I'm going to pop back through the old Admirals Club. Oh, you really caught me off guard there. Sorry about that. It's okay. Oh, I'll go in here. Oh, that's that sound. Andy, it's time to say hello to the people who are kind enough to be presidents. And uh, by the way, I don't mean that you're actually presidents. I mean that you're just members of the United Federations of Planets President Circle, which in and of its own self is quite a thing to be in. That is the wrong sound effect. I had the wrong window pulled up. Janet Jackson is still number one in here. But there we go. That's where everybody is. Q bless all of you. Q bless us all. Here we go, everybody. Colin Chaddock. Cosmo Moore. D. Nettleton. Thank you. Dak, pa- Dak Pate, I will say. Dan Kostelik. Kostelik. See, he spelled it out for us, just like you asked, Andy. But I, well, I said tell. Yeah, well, Cos- you got to really hit the tell. Yeah, See how he wrote it in all caps? caps? Yes. Kostelik. Kostelik. This is what you get when you have phonetic pronunciation. You have a lot of discussion of it. Daniel Pettis. Darren Smythe. It's Smith. Oh, come on. Uh, David Erickson, thank you. Dean Wilson, thanks very much. Uh, Derek Atkinson, a big thank you. Uh, Derek Westover. Diane M. Martin. Oh, she is just such a supporter of mine. Has been for a very long time. Doug Atkinson? Is that... That's correct. Doug Atkinson. Are they brothers? The Atkinson clan? Derek and Doug? I hope so. Interesting. If you're not, you should be. Uh, Drew Parkinson, I believe. We We have not read, but we just heard from him, didn't we? Elizabeth uh, Simpson. You know what's going to happen is we are going to be reading names every month. It's going to be a lot of the same people, and where our brains are going to go, oh, no, are we doing it again? Oh, yeah, because we read them last month. But this is October, everybody. Andy, I, I feel like you're not as loud as you used to be. I, I That's me. I've maybe been quiet for a while. That's you. Well, it'll all be the same volume when they hear it. Exciting. Uh, so, uh, Elizabeth Simpson, Emily Eldred. Fred Coopersmith. Frederick Roy. Jeff Gannon. Hooten Waddle. Oh, we already read that that person today. You got two, you got to get two for your buck. Uh, Hubert Ruscia, uh, Ian Buckley, JD Cohen, James Baker, James Gill. Thank you very much. Was that Gilly? Yeah, I think it's Gill. I can't see if that's an I. Well, by the way, what? we covered you. Jason Quayle, Jason Sinclair, Jeff D, 
Jeffrey D. Hansen. Jillian Randles. Joe Furman Furmanek. Joe uh, Furmanek. There we go. Jonathan Wentz, thank you. Josh Jush Monroe. <laughs> Josh Ball, there he is. Face pod. Juan Duchesne. Julie Phillips. Kamal Abul Hussein. Uh, Karen Vanoff. Catherine Shimmons. Oh, you guys were the second group to be read in the month of October. That means that you signed up in September. And uh, quite frankly, we wouldn't be able to do this podcast without you because... Uh, let me rephrase that. We wouldn't be forced to do this podcast without you. <laughs> How long is this episode? Uh, it's impossible uh, to tell. Two hours and probably, let's, I would say probably two hours and 50 minutes, 40, 50 minutes in that it's range. It's not our longest. Oh, God, no. It really felt like this was a long one. Well, that's from because. The inside, from inside the warp bubble. You know what it was? We had fun yeah. until we started talking about the episode. Uh-huh. That's when the fun stopped. <laughs> Sure. That adds up. Look, I'm not going to lie. I had a great time for the first hour and a half of the episode. It was a real roller coaster. A lot of fun. I hope we visit the Star Star Wars Destroyers at some point again. You know, we almost got to visit Andy Scunda's School of Specific Acting tonight, but we had run out of juice by that point and didn't want to go into a whole bit. What was it in regards to? Uh, how you would act if everyone around you started disappearing on your ship. Okay, Jeff, get up on stage. <laughs> Andy, we cannot get in there right now. All right. It's time for us to all leave. And quite frankly, I'm apologizing on behalf of myself and Andy Secunda. I'm sorry for all the words we said today. Goodbye. Disengage. I don't think they can see that we didn't actually beam out. It's eerie. <laughs> Listening to those voices in the president's circle. They seem to have a lot more fun than us. You know what I'm going to do, Andy? I'm going to beam them out. That is better. This room is huge without those people in here. I can't believe also that the uh, ambient engine noise has been stopped for quite a while. <laughs> there we go. That's what was broken. Everything's better now. If you listen to this part, you've won not a contest, but just a little bit of respect from Andy. It's true. Good job, guys. Now let's all really get out of here. Disengage a second time. <laughs>